A world in ruins and brothers betrayed. The vengeful spirit has finally left the orbit of Istvan III. Countless brother Astartes lay cold in the ground, betrayed by their own gene fathers. Whatever has possessed the minds of these four sons of the Emperor, we may never know. However, reports abound of a ship under fire jumping into the warp away from the fleet may yet be a herald of light in these darkest of times. Stay tuned, brothers. Radio Free Istvan will continue to broadcast updates on the movements of the traitor Warmaster. And remember, the Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners? And welcome to episode 51 of the Radio Free Istvan podcast, a Horse Heresy 30K podcast. My name is Michael, and I've got my co-host Ryan here. Go and say what's going on, Ryan. What's up, guys? And, uh, I mean, I already said it. We got a, It's a Horse Heresy 30K podcast. I don't really know what else there is to say. I mean, I guess I could tell you what we're going to be talking about this episode, but uh, hopefully if you're a new listener, you're, uh, you're going to have a good time. You're going to listen to some of the new stuff we're going to talk about. We're going to go over our normal intro that we do every time. Um, I feel like it's been so long since we actually like talked about, like, how far apart we actually are and how far apart we actually live from each other and like how we don't see each other and like all this jazz and like this week. we are we are close we are close in spirit yeah we are so close in spirit we're almost docking yeah exactly i would say that we spiritually dock uh pretty pretty regularly um but i've noticed that like uh people just kind of assume you're in texas for some reason have you noticed that recently with some like the emails and texts we get, and I feel like it might be because we never like we, like early on we would tell almost every episode that I was in Texas and you're in Indiana, and now it just kind of seems like everybody just kind of like assumed you got adopted into Texas. So that's that's is a fair well, assessment. I feel like I feel like I am. I mean, I've been there, been there, visited a couple days, right? Got along with everybody. Yeah, I mean, if I yeah, I mean, hands so. down, if I could, if I'd call you a Texan. I mean, you you have the the gun requirement, you have the firearm requirement necessary to be a Texan. Um, you eat probably more red meat than most people I know, so that's that's a solid. Um, but yeah, no, uh, just just for all you new listeners out there, the new peeps on the on the train here, uh, I'm in Texas, Ryan's in Indiana. Um, I just felt like I had to throw that out there. I don't know why, I just like. We went so long without Felt saying Felt the need, it. huh? Yeah. So we are far apart from each other, but, you know, we met each other, one one faithful Adepticon, and uh, and it was like love at first sight. And here we are. And now we spirit doc. <laughs> Regularly. <laughs> uh. <laughs> we meditate, and our spirits, our spirits meet somewhere over Kansas. We meet halfway in spirit doc. And Ryan's wife looks at him while he's asleep and sees him smiling, and she knows what's going on. She she knows what's happening in his dreams. <laughs> well, she doesn't have the proper equipment to dock with me, so <laughs> she's like, "Well, I couldn't do that anyway." So <laughs> he's, <laughs> I'm glad he's getting his his needs somewhere else. <laughs> he's gonna get it. He's gonna. He wants it. He's gonna get it. At least I know Michael's clean. <laughs> Wow. We're different heights, so I'd have to find a stool. I'd have to find a stool. My spirit would have... Well, I guess we're floating because we're in the spirit world, so it would work out. The height issue would be a problem. 
I like how you considered the height issue at all. Like, do, do you ever watch that show, Silicon Valley? <laughs> the D2F? Yeah. <laughs> the D2F we, ratio. We used to laugh about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then they worry about girth and all that, and they got the fucking whiteboard that they're doing all the theory on. He's like, would height matter? Yep, I've seen it. He's like, fuck, it what? would. <laughs> would girth matter? He's like, he's like, some some might have a complimentary D2F ratio. <laughs> Dick to floor. Dick to uh, floor. <laughs> What's it called? D2F. All right, cool. Now we've officially creeped out and weirded out all of our new listeners. We can get to the nitty gritty. <laughs> so what do we have in store for you guys today? Uh, we got our normal intro where we're just going to talk about random stuff, probably docking. Uh, then we're going to go into some hobby progress. We have some voicemails we're going to go ahead and listen to, which, uh, I mean, we, we still get voicemails. They're not as much as we used to get. I feel like there's a lot less stories. I also noticed that somebody didn't call in this week and tell the story that we talked about last week, but I'm guessing he had more important things to do. I don't know. I'm not going to judge. But if you want to call in and leave a voicemail to our to our humble little podcast guys, uh, the phone number is 209-RFI-30K0, and you can leave a voicemail to us. We'll play it on air, or you can send us an email if you want to record it if you're outside of the uh, United States. And uh, so we take all sorts of voicemails. If you have cool stories, if you shit your pants, all that, we'll take them all. So... Uh, anyway, after we get done playing the voicemails, we got a couple lists or a couple questions we're going to go over. Uh, once we answer those questions for some people and help them out, uh, we have a 3000 point drop assault Vanguard thousand sun list, a 1500 point iron hands, bitter iron list, a 3000 point alpha legion with Imperial Knights list, which I'm pretty interested in hearing that one on a 2,500 death guard reaping list that we're going to go over. And then we got some events to shout out. Uh, so yeah, that's what this show is going to look like guys. So anyway, what you up to Ryan? What you got going on over there? I hear, I hear you making a whole bunch of noise. Oh, I'm building some Dark Age models, which isn't 30k related, but that's what I'm doing right now. But for like 30k hobby progress, I finished painting all the salamanders I needed for the event this weekend. So I'm the proud owner of t- two five-man salamander fuck teams to go in drop pods. I got one squad that's just four four bolter guys and a flamer, and then another squad that's just five dudes combi meltas. Um. So I got those all painted up and finished and used them this weekend to good effect. So they did their job. And then I've been painting terrain for my upcoming May 13th event. So I've been working on some secret weapon, like the ruined city street tiles. Yeah. I know you guys have some down there. Yep. So I've been working on those. So I got... I had to do 10, 10 tiles, and I got five of them totally done, and I got the other five, like, roughed in. I just have to do, like, the detail work on them. So I should be able to finish those. Um, I'm planning on finishing those Monday, and then I got one more video to film because I've been filming the videos for all the missions, which we filmed all those, and you hooked me up by putting the... uh, I don't know if we talked about that last week or not, but you 
posted them all on a hidden YouTube, YouTube video. Yeah. Videos, and then we linked them all to QR codes. So I got one left to film because the table wasn't painted, and I couldn't put out a fucking video on an unpainted table. It gave me the heebie-jeebies. So I've been working overtime. You know, uh, overclock. I've overclocked my processor, my painting processor, <laughs> to get that fucking knocked out, so that I can. Uh, I plan on having it done Monday, making my wife uh, film me. In a non-sexual way, unfortunately. <laughs> um, Monday night when I go over the mission, and then um, I'll probably send it off to you. Like I'll, I'll load it up on Dropbox and send it off to you Monday night, and then hopefully you can. Uh, I'll get it all in one take for you. I won't fuck it up. You may have to like, you know, maybe clip the beginning or something. Yeah, and then if care. you can link that up, they'll all they'll they'll all be done. And then by Tuesday, Wednesday, all that'll be done. I can post all the videos on the Facebook page and be done and ready for the event. Everything will be painted. All the videos will be shot. I'll be ready. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take care of that for you. And then just, just like, I think you should uh, definitely for the new people that are listening right now, Ryan's idea is dope as shit. Uh, and it's not extremely hard to accomplish. It's just very nice that he did do it. Um, Basically, what he's done is he's taken an explanation for all of his tables that he play on at his event, and at the beginning of the um, video, he explains the fluff of the table, so you know what the point of the table is. And then on the second half of the table of uh, the video, he explains how the mission works and you know where the mission objectives are, and you're watching it all on this table the entire time. And then what he's doing is on the actual paper itself uh, for those rules, he's putting a QR code that you can scan. And if you scan that QR code, it takes you to the YouTube, uh, that YouTube video to explain everything that's going on. Pretty fucking smart, man. Like, that is legit. Like, that's how I wish all events could be run. It's very difficult to do. I'm glad you took the time out to do it. Your 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 peeps are going to be real happy yeah. with you. So yeah, so that's it. And then, like I said, I've been building uh, a bunch of Dark Age stuff and building a bunch of uh, BattleTech stuff. So I'm uh, prepping for the possible Eighth Edition 30k hobby apocalypse, but hopefully that doesn't happen. But what a consider uh, me a Mormon. <laughs> consider me a, a Mormon storing food in the church basement, uh, ready, ready for the end times. <laughs> when when is Eighth Edition supposed to drop? Isn't it like sooner than later? Like at this June, point, June, June. So two months, two months, and then we'll see. Yeah, but I mean, we'll we'll see because I mean, even if they did it, I mean how. It, it would be, uh, I mean, say they come out with it, yeah, it's for 40k, but then how quick do you get an answer from Forge World that says, yeah, we're adopting this? And then if everything's drastically different, even if they say, yeah, we're adopting this, you're still not going to have rules or anything to start playing it. So I don't, I don't even know how that whole process is going to work. You know, be really cool. If we could, if they release their own fucking rulebook and freed themselves from the shackles of GW mainstream, we've talked about that. That would be really cool. Yeah, that would be cool. But 
what if we got all of our listeners to go lead? Like, we can tell Tim to do this too. You can have him get his Eye of Horus listeners. We'll tell Age of Darkness to get it, do it. Get all their listeners to go leave, like, hashtag get the rules to the wolf pack or something like that and go post it all over forge world's like facebook page like get the rules to the wolf pack and and then forge world will be like what does that mean what does get the rules to the wolf pack mean and then they'll be like look send a beta version of the rules to the wolf pack which if y'all don't know what the wolf pack is that's all of the 30k podcast we have a special secret chat that's all of us uh all of us in there every big podcast for 30k so like i feel like as a whole we could look at those rules and be like this is not gonna work or this will work or you know this needs to be faq'd immediately already like i think you feeling that? Would you do that? Would you look at the rules early and tell them? Or, well, here's the thing. I I just don't want it. It doesn't really matter the quality of the rules, like whether they're even an improvement or not. It's the fact that if the, you change it to where you have to go back, let, let's say the rules are better. Right. Let's just best case scenario. The rules are better. You still, if they like change all the core stats on everything like they change they give vehicles a toughness and give everything movement values and give all guns a modifier and all that you still have essentially erased everything that you've done up to this point like it's gone so my eleven hundred dollars in books on those shelves out there are trash so step one um they're i'm immediately sending them an email going to ask them to to replace all my books that they've just invalidated that they promised they would never do that because I want to say at the first Horse Heresy Weekender or the second Horse Heresy Weekender um, somebody straight said like you, you do realize that this was back when you could only buy resin Space Marines this was before they had calf boxes and stuff uh-huh. so they basically said you know to buy 10 Marines and put them in a Rhino it's like two over $200 and one of these books is like $140. So you can't be like 40k with this army of the month shit and come out with a new edition every two years and expect people to basically throw away their old stuff and constantly be updating and doing the shit that they like to do in mainstream games workshop. Like that business model may like force people to buy new shit for that game system and the people who want to continue to do that and didn't leave the game because of that, like I did you know, may do that, but it's really hard to do that with 30 K when it's like triple to quadruple the expense. Right. You know what I mean? So they're immediately, if they do that, they're invalidate. Like they're basically, in my opinion, pissing in their customers mouths. If they do that, (laughs) like whether the rule, whether the rules are better or not, it doesn't really matter. They're still like starting the game from square one. And then you got to think, how long did it take forge world to, write all these books and all these rules that we got now and then like how many questions are do we still have that haven't even been faq'd that they still haven't even done that and then look at the um quote-unquote quality of book seven even with as long as it took it's a total fucking shit show let's just be honest 
So now you're going to ask them before they can release basically any new material, they're going to have to go back and essentially rewrite all the rules for every fucking unit and gun and all that in the game and basically start square one, rewrite all the missions, rewrite... You, you get what I mean? Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, so... So let's like once again say the rules are better, whatever the fuck that means. I don't I don't even know what that like what like I had like I have a fucking blast playing 30k now. I've never heard anybody complain and bitch about stuff other than there's a lot of things need FAQ or there's a gray area, which that has nothing to do with changing editions because we all know no matter what Games Workshop does, there's still Games Workshop and I don't think they've ever released a book that you know didn't need like a million FAQs for it. So, I mean, it is what it is. Like, how about we just fix what we got instead of just, you know, jumping to the new thing? And then my my second thing is, if they do this and they basically shit on you and invalidate your $1,100 in books that I have, because I literally own every book that they've ever put out. I have six red books, which some of them have already been reprinted. But I have four current red books plus the two old ones that have already been reprinted. expunged from the record. And then I have the seven black books. So all that will go away immediately. Then you have, how's my army going to function? Like when they change all this, like this, this does this now, this has movement, this has toughness. There's going to be things that used to be good that you used a lot that now suck and you're not going to want to use as many. Or because of the way they function now, their points level is going to have to change. So you're not going to be able to fit as many in a list or whatever. And then if they add in all these modifiers and make it more like second, um, the game is going to take a shitload longer. So they're going to have to contract the size of the armies you play with. So then people who are used to running like X amount of models and this fire after and all these tanks would have to run less models. Right. Or maybe it changes where you have to run more models. So either way, Hey, you're either going to have all these models you own that are now wasted because you're not going to be able to play with them near as much as you used to, or you're going to have to vastly change things and buy all this new shit, paint all this new shit, do all that, or expand the army or whatever. Then, once you do all that, what's to stop in three years from then just releasing a new edition and just doing this to you all over again? Because if they've invalidated it once, what's stopping them from doing it again? Because they, they've already said that they're they're wanting to make the books like fifteen books or whatever, right? Well, we're already we're only on book seven, and they've already had two edition changes. They went from sixth to seventh, and now they're going from seventh to eight. Now, luckily, sixth to seventh wasn't so drastic where it really invalidated anything. They could just release a few FAQs and then release these little red books to update. But it's not like a massive change where, you know, it totally, you know, you're starting from scratch, right? So if book eight is truly we're starting from scratch and it does all that, that means if we just extrapolate this timeline, that means at some point that could happen again and then you're doing it again. So I guess what I'm saying is can, like letting them do that and letting them basically, in my opinion, rob you at gunpoint because they got you bent over a barrel because they own this IP and you already have all this money, time, hobby, whatever invested, right? And right. now they're saying we're going to change everything everything and fuck with all that you know fuck with everything we're gonna fuck with the community we're gonna do all this the events you know if the game takes longer you're not gonna be able to run events the same way because you're not gonna be able to play as many rounds like there's just so many things that could change and mess with and they're gonna do all that 
But if you want to continue to play with these models that you have all this money, time, whatever invested in, and want to still be a member of this super awesome community that, you know, we're all friends. Like, look at all these podcast guys we know. Look at all this stuff. Like, they know that you don't want to just say fuck you and leave all that. They know that. So I feel like they take advantage of that and leverage you for more money by doing these changes and then you continue just to put up with it and continue giving them money. So I guess what I'm saying is we could write them nasty emails saying, hey, we're not whatever, but as long as we're still buying three fucking Demios Rhinos and whatever the new book that comes out is, do they really care? No. <laughs> so the only way, in my opinion, the only way to make it fucking change is to quit giving them money. Like, that's what happened when Age of Sigmar originally came out. We were talking Age of Sigmar. Before they put points to it, it was fucking rejected by the community. It was a shit show. Yep. Basically, the community told them, get fucked, and nobody was buying it. And they had to reverse course and release that General's Handbook, which has saved it a little. But we've talked, like, we talked about it before we actually started rolling. I know that there's... like supposedly, you know, they always talk about how good it's doing and all that, but like I said, I've not seen any proof of that, and no one can provide me with proof of that when I ask for it. And when you go to these big events like Nova, Adepticon, LV, like all this shit, it's tucked away in some corner somewhere with less fucking players that are playing, you know, like I said, they'll get have a bigger turnout for fucking Drop Zone Commander and Flames of War. So don't tell me how fucking good it's doing unless everybody's just playing in their basement and not going to events, I guess. So I, I mean I don't I don't know how you, you quantify that, but I've not seen it. And no one can like send me pictures or produce evidence that this mystical it's doing better is a thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it doesn't And then on top of that, I also find it weird that so Warhammer Fantasy, to have an army, you had to have all, like, hundreds of models. You know what I mean? Like, you'd need, like, 50 fucking Skaven to build one unit. And the whole point of Age of Sigmar, apparently, is this skirmish-level game where you only need, like, 30, 40 models. So how in the fuck can this game that they're only selling you 30, 40 models to play be making them as much money when people had to get into Fantasy, had to buy 200 models, and now you have less players, or at least it appears to me, than that. So you have less players buying less models as far as I can see, but then you're saying it's doing, like, I don't know. I don't get it. Anyway, um, I, I just, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I'm really hoping that the 30K design team just writes their own rulebook and just sets the game in stone. Like, to me, that would be the best case scenario. They basically take, 7th edition or 6th edition, whatever they like better, and basically write rules that work in the framework of the current black books and stuff where everybody can essentially... None of their armies are invalidated. I don't have to throw my books out. I don't have to immediately change gears and buy all this new shit or run less shit or, you know, whatever. Um, and then it sets the tone to where you're giving... You're putting trust out there. Your customers are now going to say... This happened, it would have changed the game, but instead of fucking me over and invalidating all my models, they just wrote a rule book that I, I could then buy to still use all my stuff and keep on keeping on and keep the community happy. You know what I mean? And keep continuity and not fracture the community. Where if, if, if they change everything mid-game and make you rebuy all this stuff, 
I don't really know how you trust them anymore. I mean, I already don't. I already don't trust GW mainstream, right? And really, I I wanted to get out of 40k and all that altogether, and I did because I couldn't stand the direction that 40k mainstream and uh, fantasy basically GW main their business model of selling you the army of the month. Like this is the new thing. Like every month they're fucking, you know, just shotgun blasting double lot, just spraying it out there. We got a release for everybody. Like we're, you know what I mean? And it's all these new books, new, new, new all the time. New, new, new. And like you buy a fucking, I remember the night codex came out and then the, the new night codex came out like seven and a half months later. Yep. You know, like shit like that. It's like, and it's like, oh, you buy this codex, and then you need this fucking supplement, and this and this, and it's all new, and you have to buy this to use the, and it's fucking insanity. And as long as fucking Forge World keeps hitching their wagon to this other design studio, whenever this design studio changes anything, they're getting drug along, whether they plan for that or not. I just think it's a silly fucking business model. Like, why would you? Why would you be? You're your own design team, and you're trying to do something, right? And then every time they do something, like, you know, it, it automatically changes what you're doing over here, whether you have that built into your plan or not. And I, I just, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like being held hostage by these other people that I purposefully left all the games that they design because I think they do a shit job. And then I moved over to Forge World because... I liked the system and I liked the game and I liked that the attitude of them, it seemed like these are like games it felt like 30K was essentially the adult the adult version of Games Workshop games and all these fucking like formations and all this childish free model you know total, like bullshit wasn't you know, a part of 30K. Right. And then I also took... I also took solace in the fact that somebody was like, look, this is what 40 K is doing. They're shotgunning out all these releases super quick and we can't keep up and your shit's invalidated and all this in one of their weekenders. And the design team specifically told them, well, if these are ever, if these books are ever invalidated, we would write our own rules because they want to avoid all that. And they want their customers to trust them. Like, why would I have bought all these books you, like you get what I'm saying? Like it's it's one of those things. Like I would feel very betrayed and lied to at this point if Eighth Edition does come out and it's vastly different, where it invalidates all my shit and they don't write their own rules. Like I would I would be beyond upset. Hmm. Well, I'm trying to think if we have any like evidence that that would happen. And I'm trying to think, you know, you, you, men, you mentioned that, you know, Age of Sigmar uh, did not do so hot, so they brought back rules and all that stuff. Uh, but I also think about, if you recall, the Death from the Sky supplement <laughs> that we were supposed to all use, and that, like, as a community, <laughs> like, everybody just said, nah, no thank you. Even though every Games Workshop main is like, these are the new rules for flyers, and you you need to use these rules, and da, 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 da. it's just like, no, thank you. So I, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. But what I'm saying is, if they change, if they shift gears and change all this, then book eight comes out, and book eight 
all the Blood Angel and Dark Angel shit, like I play Blood Angels, if all my rules and units now follow this new system, I can't do that. Like if I want to use my new units, whatever, you know, units they come out with, if we can't just say, fuck you, we're playing 7th, I mean, I guess you can, but then anything new from this point on, you can't use in 7th without 100% writing your own rules from the ground up. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, I mean, but there could always be the, I mean, we, we've talked to other podcasters that say, you know, just run events using core rules. And I mean, I guess the only thing you could do is when book eight drops with all these new units with toughness values or whatever, instead of whole points, for an example, if that happens, not saying it's going to happen, but that's the rumor. You know, then you'd have to have this like separate ITC style community that's going to have to write these rules to kind of like fill them in. Like, what is it like Flames of War or whatever? That's going. That's going to hundred percent fracture the community. You're going to have a, in my opinion, if this were to happen, I think you would have a fairly decent sized group say "fuck you" and just leave, sell their shit and just leave and not play 30k. Then I would, I think you'd have another sliver that would do like you're saying and want to write their own rules or stick with seventh or whatever. And then you're going to have another faction that is going to continue to drink the Games Workshop Kool Aid regardless of how badly they treat them. You know, Jim Jones is running the company and they don't seem to realize that, but it is what it is. So you, you know, fill me up, give me some more of that Kool Aid, and you keep buying the models and keep on keeping on and allowing them to abuse you, and they're going to want to do the new shit. And then you're going to also have new people that are new to the game that don't even own models yet that hear 30K was good or whatever, and then they get into it, and they're not going to know... Like, they're just going to get in with 8th edition, and they're not going to know anything different than 8th edition. So it's just going to be a mess, a total mess. If if this is... This is all theoretical. We don't know, you know, what's going to happen yet. I don't know. I know that we have independent retail owners out there right now. Year one, you know, there's the, we got people that are listening right now that actually sell their product and they have a, you know, brick and mortar and all that jazz. I'm kind of interested in what the numbers look like for Age of Sigmar for our actual listeners. Like, are they making you money? Like, is Age of Sigmar making you money? Has a new, uh, has the new, I guess, as a transition affected your business, you know, with the new stuff, like, you know, like where, like, cause from what I recall, you know, fantasy, I'd still play fantasy, you know, I'd still buy models for fantasy. You know, whenever I got back into 40 K, I had no problem picking up fantasy models. Like it, that fantasy was my first love. Uh, I mean, that was way back in the day, back in, you know, six, I think. What are they on right now? What's fantasy or what was fantasy on? Fantasy was on eighth. It would have been ninth edition, but it turned into Age of Sigmar. Yeah, yeah, I was in sixth and seventh. So sixth and seventh edition, I was in. But yeah, I would have gotten right back into fantasy. But Age of Sigmar, you know, they they kind of nerfed everything. You know, kind of. So I'm I'm kind of interested in seeing like if it improves sales. So like if the Age of Sigmar or forty k would or and thirty k would it help with sales or like, is it something that like, don't go down this hole again. Like don't, don't drive this Jeep into the Creek. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I know that you don't sell what any age of Sigmar I'm guessing, but it, no. Yeah. 
So nope. I don't know, man. Nope. Still got my still got my initial still got one of the starter boxes I have on the shelf is one that came with the release of it. Yeah. I hope we can get some people that call into our voicemail and tell us. Like you can you can shout your voice like Saul does in Better Call Saul. Just hold it up like this. Age of Sigmar's ruining my business. But Yeah. I mean I don't I don't know. I all I'm saying is it uh I mean I can say I don't sell it, but that's obviously anecdotal evidence. Yeah. But when I go to any of these other stores to play events or I go to Adepticon, which is obviously the largest, you know, wargaming convention in the United States, and it's like the, you know, sixth or like the turnout for it is less than a lot of these games that would be considered, you know, pretty far down the chain, like food chain. And the, and the Age of Sigmar is pulling less people than that. Um, I mean, I just don't, I don't see it. I mean, maybe it's doing better in Europe or whatever, but here in the United States. I mean, when you go, like, you guys, you know, run events, like, for actual conventions and stuff, I mean, have you seen anybody? Like, I mean, is it... No, but only because we run, like, dedicated 40K events. So, I really haven't seen any. So, I don't know. I I mean, I but I... I don't spend much time in like the Houston area and all that stuff. So or the Dallas area. So I guess those guys would probably be the best people to ask. Our community is pretty, pretty, I don't know. <laughs> I guess if our guys are playing anything down here, they're going to be playing 30 K. So it's one of those And things. I'm not saying that it's, here's the thing. I'm not trying to age of Sigmar is a bad game. I can't really say that because I've not played it since the general's handbooks come out. So I'm not saying, like, it's bad, necessarily. I'm just saying that it destroyed... Like, you had this existing community of people that played the game. You know what I mean? And was, like, supporters of that world, of the old world and all that. And then you killed it all off. And in my opinion, you were already kind of treating those people like crap. So when you basically killed off their reason to stay by destroying the community and getting rid of all the IP that they loved, they had no reason to stay, so they left. Yeah. So... I think that they're going to be smart enough to not do that with 40k and basically start over because that would, you know what I mean? Because it gives people an excuse to leave. So as long as you keep the IP and you feed the community at least a plausible line of bullshit to basically feel like, make them feel like their previous purchases and time invested isn't being totally eradicated, they that may keep people. But that's what I'm saying, like, in 30k, if they reset it back to, like the Eye of Horus guys said, year zero. I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I'm not staying around. I mean, I don't. Like I said, I don't really give a shit. Like, it it is what it is. Like, I don't even know that I would try try the game. Like, I don't even care. Like, that's not important. Like I said, it's not the quality of whatever they change it to isn't important. It's the fact that you've literally invalidated all this shit. Like all this time effort look all these lists we put in for the show you know building this show all these events i've went to all these models i painted all this shit i bought all these books i bought like what does that mean it's all you know you've reset it all back to whatever and then if you've done it once what stops you from doing it again and again and again and again like you do with 40k mm. 
Uh, well, yeah, no, it's definitely uh, definitely something to think about and definitely something to consider. I really hope that they don't. I can get a petition going to Forge World to keep 30K separate from their 40K changes and get that posted up. Maybe we should put on cakes and maybe we should put cakes and mail it to them. <laughs> Damn it. The cake idea was solid. Oh, well. I don't know. Like I said, I just... it. The only thing that, like I said, bothers me is I know people get disgruntled. Like, even people that I still know, that I know, that still play 40K, they, like, play it with gritted teeth. It's like they fucking hate it. But it's like they like the, that they get to play with their friends. Like, they like the community aspect of it, and they like the community that they've built. And they love that. They love the original idea of the IP... And they love, like, I've, like, spent all this time building and painting this army, so I don't want to just discard it. You know what I mean? That being said, they, it's like they're just going through the motions playing games. Like, they don't, like, every, after every game, they're always bitching about it, but yet they still continue to do it, and they still continue to give Games Workshop money, even though they're mad at them. And I'm like, you do realize that as long as you continue to buy new shit, they don't really care how angry you are Yeah. at them. So I, you know me, I'm a very principled person. So I feel like if they stick a dagger in my back for this last time, they've already done it with fantasy because I was a fantasy player and I had four armies and I owned all the army books and all that and they killed all that, eradicated all that, killed it off. They've done that to me. They chased me out of 40K. I simply just couldn't put up with it anymore for all the reasons I've stated. And a lot of the reasons I left 40K was the constant turmoil. Like, oh, should I buy this? Is this even going to be worth owning in six months? Are they just going to, you know, whatever. You, you know what I mean? And not only do they change the rules for shit, now they retcon the fluff on the rig. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, this, now Necrons did it now. And that now, like, it's ridiculous. And so it, it's just a mess. And it's, I left all that because I couldn't take it anymore. But I still, like I said, I, I clung to the community that I built and the work that I put in, and I still wanted to play with all my friends and do all that. So the last bastion I felt to escape to was 30k. And now that's in danger, and it really upsets me. Because it's like, how, like, I just, you know what I mean? And like I said, I'm just, I'm a very principled person, and I feel like if they, if they uh, screw me over again and I stick around then I'm basically going against basically my life principles and I can't do that. Fair enough, dude. Fair enough. It'll be a sad day. It'll be a sad day. You got all those nice tables behind you over there and a whole basement full of 30K, 30K train. It'll be a sad day. <laughs> well, it'll, it'll go up on eBay. It'll be a... <laughs> 30k fire sale I guess I don't know <laughs> well I don't know how we got to that but I'm glad that conversation happened it needed to happen so yeah let's not talk about it till fucking I don't want to talk about it anymore till 8th comes out because I don't we don't even know like 8th may come out and it may literally be they fucking copy and pasted 7th edition and changed like five fucking things like so we don't even know this may be all for nothing yeah but regardless 
I mean, I've been on this train for a long time, even with seventh and whatever. I've said from the beginning that Forge World needs to write their own rule book so that no matter what the main studio does, it doesn't matter. Because as soon as they write their own rule book, you know what I mean? And you reference that rule book instead of something that the 40k team does it does not matter what the 40k design team does you don't no longer have to worry about their shit you don't have to look at their faqs you don't have to do any of that and you know that once that book's out there that the continuity of the game is solid and until they decide that the game is finished you know you have this finished product that you're always going to be able to use your book you're not going to buy a 125 dollar book and then have to rebuy it you know later on it's not going to be a thing so i don't know i mean and then look at this like even this book seven that just came out you're telling me like you just paid a hundred and whatever dollars for book seven and then you've had it for four months and then june rolls around and this new edition comes out and now that book is (laughs) you know what i mean it's pretty shitty yeah it would be nice to see some some actual separate rules for 30K. I mean, it, more in line of what we're playing right now. I mean, it is a completely different playset and everything like that. So. No one complains. Everyone loves it. Look at all the fun. Go go listen to all the Adepticon reports and all the stiff reports. Everybody had a fucking blast. Nobody's upset with it. The community's great. Why fuck with it? Leave it alone. It's true. Sure, we got a solid community, man. And we all know what's best for we, the health we just of the game. Want a, we just want an FAQ. That's all we want. That's it. That's the only complaint we have. Is you write f- some really fucking sloppy gray area rules. Just fucking FAQ. We're good. I'll get a, I'll get a petition going. Anyway, let's move. I'll get a petition going. I'll post it on all the right. Facebook page, on the Radio Free Fun Facebook page. I'll post it on every avenue I can stick it out there. I'll stick it out there, and we'll see. Um, I'm gonna go for what? What do you think's fair? Ten thousand signatures? Does that seem fair? For what? To like say keep the current rule set for a horse heresy. T- this ten thousand. Ten thousand seems fair. Okay, take the fucking forty k design team out of it. That's what I want. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Like baby steps. Baby steps. Rules. <laughs> And write your just as long as the books aren't invalidated. Like as long as like we don't have to fucking reset from the get go. As long as like we can still use all the missions, use and when I say use all my models, like people are like, Well, you know, you can still use your models, it's just this and that. And it's like you're not getting it. Like if, if I have to play a game with half as many models as I do now to still finish within three hours, I'm not like that's not you're still invalidating most of my collection because I'm not going to be able to play with all my models. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's just, I don't know. I don't, I just don't get why, why people like think that games workshop is like their like buddy and is out for their best interests. Like they've done everything in their possible power to prove that they're not, <laughs> but everybody wants to like pretend that they're this benevolent entity that loves the hobby when really all they want is your money and they want to cash checks and that's how it works. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. 
I don't have an answer. I can do a petition. I'm trying to think what's a fair number for a petition. Like, what do you think would be a a fair number to shoot for that would be achievable? I don't think. I think ten. I think ten thousand is way too many. I mean, you're talking like the largest. What's the largest 30k Facebook group? I have Horus. I know they got like well over a thousand. So two thousand, two thousand signatures. I mean, what's that's that's even. I don't know. I mean, I'm just you're talking uh, about. I don't know. I don't even know how many people play 30k. That's what I'm saying. All right, I'll go for two thousand. And if we get more than two thousand, it'll it'll. I don't just think you'll get up. that many. That's a lot. That's we'll that's see. like. I don't even know that there's 2,000 people that post about 2,000 separate people that post about 30k on Facebook. But I could be wrong. Okay. That's a lot of people. I'm going to shoot for the moon and end up in the stars. <laughs> oh, God damn it. All right. <laughs> and then the stars will think that, that my, they weren't good enough. That, that <laughs> killed my soul a little bit. <laughs> okay. You know what'll cheer you up, Ryan? How about some voicemails? Huh? You don't have to cheer me up. I'm not upset. Oh. Well, how about some voicemails? <laughs> I love it. It's my favorite segment of the show. Okay. Let's knock out some voicemails. Good talk, though. Uh, for all of our listeners out there, I will get a petition up. That will happen. So. Okay. Let's check out some voicemails. Once again, our... 209-RFI-30K-0 is how you can call in and leave a voicemail. So, let's see what we got. How's it going, everybody? This is Ryan Camel. No, I'm just kidding. It's Tim here um, from, uh, from iVarus. Hey, you guys... Totally fucked up that whole, like, um, the Eagle movie. It's not the Eagle <laughs> that has the Huntress. I think her name's Katane. It's actually Centurion that has that. It's an easy mistake to make because, like, I think two different studios just decided, like, oh, you're making a fucking Roman Britain movie? We'll also make a Roman Britain... Oh, you're making a Roman Britain Pursuit movie? We'll also make a Roman Britain Pursuit movie. And there was, like, two that came out, one of them was like a Channing Tatum flagship, and one of them was like a Fassbender flagship. The one with Channing Tatum, I don't know, it's tough. Like, I've seen both of them, obviously, a big fan of the Tane, the Huntress, even though she's got pipe cleaner arms, as Ryan said. But I think the Channing Tatum one may be a little bit better. It's like, based on that Rosemary Sutcliffe book, uh, Eagle of the Ninth, which if you didn't read that when you're in primary school, then you missed out big time, because it's pretty good. But, um, yeah, you definitely mix those two movies up. I think Attain is like one of Spencer's like favorite like movie women of all time as well. So uh, you have to say sorry to him as well. <laughs> uh, uh, you can do that on air or via a letter. Either of those would be suitable. All right, cool. Well, catch you guys later. Hope uh, I'm only like 20 minutes into the latest episode, so uh, looking forward to more. I'll call back if you mess anything else up again really badly, like that last blunder. Okay, bye. <laughs> Say bye-bye to me. Bye-bye. That's my daughter saying bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> That's I'll, awesome. I'll call back if you anything else. So. 
<laughs> so yeah, I, no, I, I will I, take I will take full responsibility for fucking up that Centurion because you knew it wasn't the Eagle. I didn't. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that that Tim decided to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Got another one. So why do you guys keep bringing up Channing Tatum? Are are we bringing up Channing Tatum, or are you bringing up Channing Tatum, Tim? I bring up Tom Hardy way too much, just like you seem to bring up Channing Tatum too much. And I know how I feel about Tom Hardy. So, <laughs> so well, anyway, are. like like we talked about on the show, like I believed believe Gina Carano because she walks around. At like probably two six or like two six one sixty five, and she's like tall. I think she's like five foot nine or five foot ten. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's like a legit sized person that's like legitimately combat trained, and could you know actually feasibly do the shit that she's doing in the movie. Some chick that weighs ninety five pounds that has zero muscle tone and zero athletic ability, and obviously hasn't trained a day in her life with literal like fucking Elmo puppet arms. You know, ground like Kermit the being, Frog Arms. You know, Kermit the Frog Arms, and you got two hundred and twenty-five dude that's in full mount, dropping ground and pound on you, and you somehow manage to get out of it. Like, nah, I'm good. Like, I can stop the movie here. We're all set. Oh man, I think it's just because uh, you have the eye for uh, for. For well, Tim should know better. Tim watches MMA. He watches him. He should know. Like he, you know, he should know better. That's what I'm talking about. You like you're you are like invested in both, you know, male MMA and female MMA. So like, when you see somebody that week, like you're like, no, this yeah, doesn't make any I, sense. I love I love women fight. Like it's they're great. Like I watched uh, you when we we finished the 30k event. Um, last last night we went to a uh, bar and they had all the fucking NBA playoffs on and I'm like hey can we get one TV change because UFC was on Fox I'm like I know that the fucking playoffs are on but where we're sitting we're the only ones that can see this TV right here no one else is even facing this direction will you please turn this to UFC and they did and there was you know women fights on the card nice. and it was fucking awesome Rose Namajunas threw an absolute ass whooping <laughs> on Michelle Waterson. Fucking reality. It's fucking awesome. But no, like Ronda Rousey, who, you know, everybody like said can like beat men, like all this fucking crazy nonsense that they said. You can go find the fucking video on YouTube. She's known for armbar. Luke Rockhold, who is a dude that fights at uh, 100 and 185 pounds. I'm trying to remember what middleweight is. I think it's 185. He lets her get him in an arm bar 
Like he's laying down and she's got him in an arm bar and he's just hanging on to his arm and she can't she can't straighten his arm out. He's just too fucking strong. She's like got the best technique. That's like her go to move. She's finished all these women by arm bar and he just lets her get him in it and she can't finish it because he's too, too fucking strong. I don't oh. know. Anyway, this is this is silly. Same thing with like you could there's so many examples of this, like the the Williams sisters that said they could beat men at tennis or whatever, like anybody in the top or anybody who's not in the top, whatever. And they went and found some guy that fucking smokes cigarettes. That's like barely on the tour. That's ranked like 219th in the world. And he fucking smashed them. I don't even think they won a single set against him. Like that's a thing. You could look that up. You could Google that. Like there's a reason that there's anyway, I'm not trying to start all this shit, but there's a reason that, there's women's sports and men's sports, so they don't fucking mix the two. There's a reason for that. There's a reason when you tune into the Olympics, they have the fucking women's gymnastic team and the men's gymnastic team and shit like that. There's a reason for that. It's called evolution <laughs> and science, and it is what it is. So don't be <laughs> mad at me. These are hate facts. Hate facts. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get that guy who has the uh, who's transitioning and... <laughs> Goes and competes in the women's division of MMA. <laughs> just There's smashes. a guy that did that in MMA, and yeah. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan got mad about it and posted about it, and then he got ripped apart because there was a, a man or a person that used to be a man, but is still a man, like has man hormones, man skeletal structure, all that. That you know went and went through a you know a surgery, but they're still were born a man with all the man attributes, you know that. He's gained through evolution, and then he's beating up on, you know, women, which is, you know, it's like what you will. That, that, I, I it's don't, just I'm, it's it's so tricky. Like that's such a tricky thing. Like to like going into MMA and like you know d- like should he disqualify himself because he wanted to do that transition? Well, which, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If he if he would have been honest, or she if she would have been honest right. about it and said. This is what happened, and and a woman, a, a, a woman that was born a woman signs up to fight her. That's on fine. Her. On I mean, her, you, yeah. yeah. The problem was that this person, this individual we're talking about, lied and didn't disclose that information and just says I'm a woman, and then was beating up women without them knowing that she used to be a man. <laughs> and that was just like, it was just straight up like. She has a very strong advantage against the, like her bone structure doesn't quite fit in the in what's happening right now. Oh, okay. That's brutal. That's brutal. Let's steer clear of this. This is getting not 30k. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> we'll pull it back to 30k. Yeah. So anyway, we'll go to next voicemail. <laughs> Well, I'll try anyway. Here we go. Oh, hey, RFI. I, uh, I'm putting together a list. I'm, I'll send it in to Ryan when I get a chance. I don't really know. I'm trying to get everything fully painted first. So, would I be a wax faggot if I ran two Spartans and 2,500 points? Because uh, my concept no. is that I want to have uh, 20-man tax squads charging out of Spartans because they're so hyped up on combat drugs that they want to get into close combat. And the best way to do that is to do uh, two Spartans 
think um, it's not that whack faggy is because they're just emperor's <laughs> children. They're, they're basic hacks charging out of a, a Spartan. I'm not even going to put an apocryphary in it, but I just figured before I uh, write this up, I needed to ask because I can uh, I can either can take one of those uh, Spartans that I have that I haven't even started painting yet and just use it for my Iron Warriors. So I appreciate the input and the advice, and thank you guys. You're doing a great job. Nice. <laughs> okay. No, I don't. I don't think it is, regardless of what you put in it. I mean that like the the whole I have a Spartan with whatever in it and I'm driving at you meta is like been around since the first book came out so if people haven't developed a strategy to deal with that yet that's on them. Yeah, that's uh, I don't think I don't honestly it's so many points you you bought the cost to put whatever you want in there so it's definitely not like. Whack well, or anything any like that. nasty unit is expensive. Is expensive. I mean, if you took yeah. two Spartans and put two, you know, t- like we'll just say they're base cataphracty units. So if you took, you know, base ten, 10 cataphracty and put, you know, power fist whatever on them, it's roughly like four hundred and some points, like right at four hundred points. So you got like with the Spartan and all that, which is what three? What are they with the flare shield and all that shit now? Like three seventy something. Basically, the unit inside plus the Spartan is going to be roughly 800 points. So you're going to have 1,600 points in two tanks with with a squad in each tank. Yep. It's going to be massive. Big-ass unit. <laughs> so, and then, like he said, if he's just putting tacticals in there, eh, it is what it is. Like, if you... That's my thing, is, like, if you want to run these bigger tactical squads, your only two choice for transports... Spartan Charybdis. Spartan Charybdis. Yeah, no, I mean, nobody's going to complain about that. I wouldn't. I think it'd be, I think, I, I like, no. I like seeing that happen. And I, I honestly, I wouldn't even have a problem with you putting an apothecary in that unit. Like, I don't see an issue with that either. <laughs> like, that's not a big deal. No. I, I'm not going to. No. I don't, no, I don't, I don't, I, don't. I wouldn't even be mad if you put a chaplain in that unit. If you went chaplain, 18 man squad with a pot carry and had a super unit in a, like in a Spartan, I'm okay with that. I have no problem with that coming at me. But you could have the full 20 because a Spartan holds 25. So oh, you yeah. could, yeah. you know, load it to. So, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a big deal personally. If you want a party bus, you take the party bus. So. Do it. I mean, there's so many there's so many ways of dealing with a Spartan anymore. I mean, like I said, that that thing has been out and doing what it's been doing since the first book. I mean, if you, it's been how long since Heresy came out now? Seven oh, years. Yeah, it's been a while. No, it's not that long. Six and, years. And I would say that the thing is, and I I tell everybody that you know asks me about you know starting an army or anything like that. Every person you play against, when they build their list on how they're going to take care of X list, they aren't prepping for drop assault armies. They aren't prepping for 
you know, outflanking armies or anything like that. They're prepping for the Spartan coming at them across the field pretty much like 70% of the time. So just keep that in mind because everybody that you're going to play against is going to have an answer for an armored ceramite Spartan because it's so common. And so that's like, that's pretty, pretty standard. I know in my first list that I built, my main goal was like, when I'd look over my list, it would be, can it cap objectives? Do I have enough implacable advanced units or do I have enough units and cap objectives? Can it take care of a Spartan? If you could do those two things, I was good. So, just something to think about. Something to consider. But definitely not, definitely not whack faggy, as you put it. So. Yeah. Dig it. And, and it's also one of like, I'm not the god emperor of 30k. I mean, I don't really know how, like, I'm just answering that question, do I think it's bad? No. But, I mean, I'm sure you could find someone that doesn't like that idea. There's got to like, there's too many people in the world that have too many different opinions. You're gonna find somebody that's upset with that. Yeah, and then you could always just, you know, I mean, if if you want to, I mean, just between us two, it's not a big deal. So if you, uh, uh, if you decided to ask a group of people, like the South Texas 30K Facebook group or the Eye of Horus group, I'm, I'm pretty sure you can get a bigger a bigger taste of, you know, what the community thinks about that. But I'm pretty confident that there's going to be, like, a lot of people that are going to be like, no, that's not faggot at all. So, so go join one of those groups up. Ask that same question. You can even do a poll. I'm pretty sure you'll be fine, though. Yeah, I don't think anybody care. <sighs> so, anyway... That's it for voicemails. That's all we got for voicemails, man. I'm going to move on to some of these questions now. You ready for that? Yeah. I'm all ready. Right. I got them right here. Okay. It is me... cold in my basement. I'm like shaking. I don't know what my wife's done to the thermostat upstairs. <laughs> why don't you get it? Why, why don't you go get a jacket? And by the power of. No, I'm editing, fine. I can. Pause this real quick. Okay, we'll find that works then. All right, so then we'll just go ahead and go into this email we got. Once again, guys, if you want to shoot us an email uh, and ask us a question, we're always down to answer questions because if you're asking the question, there's probably somebody else out there asking the same question. Uh, so feel free to shoot that in to Michael at Warhammer30k.com or Ryan at Warhammer30k.com or both, and uh, we will get those questions answered for you. So... Uh, first things first, this comes from Zachary, and Zachary says, Gentlemen, thank you for the pleasant surprise this episode. Uh, congrats on episode 50, 42, 44. Mike, I wish I had a funny story to go with the emailing the wrong address, but I don't have one. Also, sorry for the list confusion. I am just a dumb, whack 40K player that doesn't know any better. Uh, hopefully, I can address some of that. As you guys stated, the right day of revelation is usable with the models I currently own. My thinking was, if I am using the Spartan for now, because it is the model I have, then it would be better to toss a squad of Marines and Praetor inside and drive them around some safety and pick up another right, such as Day of Sorrows. 
I do have a few follow-on questions if you have time. No worries if you don't. So just for those of y'all interested, this is Zachary following up from last episode. We actually went over his list. He was running Day of Sorrows. And his, uh, no, he's his, running Day of Revelation. Oh, running Day of Revelation now. And here's the here's the thing I have with his list. Like his entire list is a Day of Revelation list, and he's got this random Spartan. And now he's wanting to change the right of war just to fit the Spartan. But I'm kind of like, well, why would you like shuffle up or change ninety percent of your list to fit this ten percent in? Why would you not just discard this ten percent to make the ninety work? So I guess what I'm saying is stick with Day of Revelation. Sell that Spartan to somebody, or paint it up for another list, <laughs> and don't run it. Yeah, all day. Even though a red that's Spartan, all, that's all I'm a, a red Blood Angel Spartan would look great. Or just keep it as like a showpiece, but definitely. Well, wait, wait until they get more rules. Like r- run Day of Revelation for now and keep it on the back burner. Yeah, I just like to have big tanks for Blood Angels just to have them because they look good. They look good in the red. All right, you mentioned using Krakens over the missile launchers. Is it better to use a fighter as a one-job machine? Yes. Fly on, pop a big fatty, and then buzz around. With Tank Hunter, at least on paper, the missiles plus last cannon felt like it get the job done, but I can see where Armor Bane could be valuable for flare shields. Uh, I appreciate the advice. Here's the problem with missiles. Oh, sorry. No, you're good. Keep on. I was just addressing the questions as we hit them. Knock them so, out. The problem with missile launchers is they're only AP3, and you can't get an explosive result. Yep. So even with Tank Hunter against these armor 14 things like a Spartan or whatever, for one, you can only glance at most, and then you're not even rolling a damage result anyway. Um, and then even on things that you can pin, like say you shoot a something armor 13 or whatever, like a Leviathan or whatever, yeah, you take a whole point off of it, but you can't get that explosive result. result. You can't You can't remove it. Where one Kraken, because it's Strength 8, Armor Bane, AP 1, you can get that plus explodes two. result. Yeah. And then, if, and then if, you're cha- if you're putting all these missile launchers on a Lightning, you're trying to change its role into something that's like that hits every turn as opposed to a one-shot wonder. And then if you're doing that, you're better off with something like a Fire Raptor or a Storm Eagle or something that that's kind of what it does from the get-go. You're basically trying to take the lightning, whose one job is this alpha strike Kraken thing that everybody uses it for, and turn it into something like that does the job of like a fire raptor or something. When it, it it's just not going to do that job as well as like a fire raptor does, or javelins for that matter. I mean, if you're just going to run missile launchers, I just run javelins. They're more survivable. You get more the land them. speeders. Yeah. I think he's just trying to use the models he's got, which I, I get that. And yeah. that's what, like, I don't, you know me, like, I'm not even, I'm not even really a big fan of the lightning. I don't, because it's such a one-hit wonder. And then, like I said, if you try to make it not a one-hit wonder and put these other weapons on it, then you're paying all these points for something that's not as good. It's doing the same role as, like, a Fire Raptor does, only not as good for more points. Yeah, and, and the term glass cannon can only get thrown around so much. You know, it, it really is... You know, it it's gonna die. Don't it's not gonna last every turn. The second, I mean, honestly, even if I saw missile launchers on the table on a a lightning, I'm still killing that lightning, and it's gonna take nothing to kill that lightning. I mean, you could get a you you could get a, a dreadnought with just a single carries assault cannon and have a good chance of killing a lightning. 
uh, without, you know, it being uh, a mortise, mortise or anything like that. Or, you know, there's death blossoms running around with the dual sunder cannon. I mean, I've killed it's lightnings. A, it's a little, it's a, yeah, I mean, it, it depends. If they jink, it does have a three up jink because it's agile. I mean, then, it's a little harder to kill. But then if it's, then if it's jinking, it's exactly. just snap burning, like you said. Yeah. So I get what you're saying. So, um, I guess what I'm saying is if you're going to run a lightning, put Krakens on it. And if you don't like the one-hit wonder thing, don't run a lightning. Run something else that's not like that. You're guaranteed that one-hit wonder, pretty much. As long as you don't drive directly into a Daredeo, you're pretty much guaranteed that one-hit wonder, which is going to be a solid, solid delivery payload. But every other turn after that, you're not guaranteed anything. You're not guaranteed to be alive. You're not guaranteed that you're not going to uh, jink at something. You only have two whole points. So there's going to be a good chance you're going to be dead. So it's just one of those things. Do you want to pay the points to hopefully last the entire game? Or do you want to annihilate something that's hopefully more points than the lightning? And then everything that else, everything else you pick up off of that is just going to be a bonus. Because, I mean, really, that's that's how I see the lightning. Like, if I'm taking it, I'm going to target something that kills more points than what the lightning's worth that way. And then anything else I get on top of that is just going to be, you know, more points in the bank. So, I don't know. But it's not, I mean, you can run missile launchers, but it's not it's it's not as survivable enough to run those missile launchers. And when you jink, you're snap firing, and then it's just... It's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like like I said, like what most people take it for is that super heavy insurance. Like, oh, you got a Malkador in Furnace, or you got this Flare Shield of Spartan like we just talked about, or something like that. Like, that's what it's for. And even then, even then, Krakens have trouble cracking super heavies. Missile launchers sure as shit ain't going to do that. Like, they, they sure as fuck. Like, what do you, what, what, what is it? It's never going to kill something worth the value in its points with just missile launchers. Nothing that I know of, you know, like you can kill like two space marines a turn dedicated or four space marines a turn. It it just says yeah. It's it's good at what it does. And once you start taking it out of that element, which you can, I mean it's your army, you do what you want with it, but it's right. It becomes less valuable. Uh, he says, yep. I appreciate the advice on using a drop pod to launch the Terminators, and the thought of got me thinking on some other fun things. At some point, I want to get my hands on a Leviathan. What do you guys think of using the available assault cannons for Blood Angels as dropping a full dock of Leviathan with double assault cannons down in a pod and to support the jump troops? Uh, I do that. That's how I run it. Um, yeah. Now, I would... I would. I don't know what he means by full DACA. I, I we've talked about this several times. I'm not a huge fan. Just put the one close combat weapon on there. Like you're you're losing an entire phase of the game by throwing the one extra gun on there when you're talking a Blood Angel one that already has two assault cannons and then likely a storm cannon and then a phosphex. Like don't like don't put the other arm gun on there. You're fine with just the melt gun and the the siege drill or whatever you want to run where it makes it that whole nother threat in a whole nother phase of the game. Because what can end up happening is you can get assaulted, you know, by a big tax squad and just get tied up for several turns because you're not, you don't have an AP value. You're just basically clanging them and then they get their base armor saved. And uh, just on that, like, if you were talking about going full DACA or running the twin, uh, the twin 
Sunder cannons. What are they called? I can't believe I can't remember what they're called. Storm cannons. Storm cannon. Running the twin storm cannons and then running the assault cannons. Uh, I ran that for a long time. I ran the Death Blossom with the assault cannons and all that. I ran two of them in my list. And every single game I played with them, they were fun. They were they were absolutely a blast to play with. They did exactly what they were supposed to. They just lit shit up. And, and they were a blast to play with. But I every single game I regretted not, ha- not them not having a close combat weapon. Every single game. And only because everybody knows how to shut them down. And especially if you're going to be drop potting them in, they will be in assault range. And even though you can play it as smart as you think and, you know, drop pod, you know, 30 inches away and just stay back, they're going to shut you down with a charge. They're going to charge somebody into you and you're just strength eight, AP nothing, and just punching people in the faces and they're just going to tie you up well the problem is the storm cannons the storm cannons only an 18 inch range or 24 inch range or whatever anyway 24 24 inch range yeah okay yeah so i mean it's just not yeah you have to get fairly close because you can't be at the maximum 24 because then like say i got a tactical squad you're max 24 but you can only kill the guys in range yeah so it it you have to be so if their squad's six inches deep now you have to be you know, 18 inches away and then something else can just, you know, move up and then assault or whatever. So it's, it's, it's just better to have at least one close combat weapon on there, in my opinion. Yeah. If anybody was going to try and sell you on running a dual storm cannon, uh, Leviathan, it would be me. Uh, but learn from my mistakes and don't get me wrong. It is fun to run them, but it is something I bought full close combat weapons to replace all my storm cannons on my on my leviathans at least one of them just run a claw and i will not run any more death blossoms just because every single game they got locked down every single game and so it's just how it happens and ryan was telling me for a long time and i would just not take the advice i was like a like a like <laughs> I, was, I was blinded by the DACA. I was like, nah, it's fine. They just keep shooting. They're, just, they're fine. So, uh, as far as the assault cannons go on the Leviathan, it's your preference. Don't don't count on them doing anything. Uh, it's 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 well, one the of Leviathan. Things. It's fine because the the other options are just heavy flamers or Volkite, and I feel like they're better options than probably both of those. The, the reason when you were talking about assault cannons on the dreadnoughts where it became an issue was on when you started putting them in the fists of the contemptors and the then you're time. having to choose between yeah. grav or melt guns and then we've, we've talked about it like as mu- as overblown as people want to say how cheesy the assault cannon is how many times in your c- normal contemptors would you have rather those have been melt guns or grav guns yeah I've, I've completely swept o- swapped over to grav now uh, but on my Leviathans, I actually made the transition back to Heavy Flamers only because uh, I'm more aggressive with them now. And so it saves points, and I've been banking on the uh, the Wall of Death on them. So that's kind of one of those. Or no, not yeah. even. I don't yeah. know. So it's one of those things. Yeah. So. 
So yeah, hopefully that answers your question, Zach. If you have any more, just shoot us an email. Be free, we'll answer it on air. So, yeah, man, those those assault cannons just are not something you can rely on. All right. I don't know. I like I, I like them. I would run them on the Leviathan. That would be my choice for the chest weapons. Now on a Contemptor, I'm with you. Like a, it's an actual like. At that point, it becomes to me a legit decision. Yeah. I started running Graviton on Contemptors just to just to throw more um, whole points. Whole points out. Yeah. So, anyway, all right. So next question we got, which actually there's also a list involved in this. It said, and this comes from Robert, says, I've been asked by Reese Robbins at Frontline Gaming to run the 30K tournament at the first Southern California event that is this October 20th and 21st. I'm planning on running a two-day 30K tournament, three games on Saturday and two games on Sunday. Since this is their first event on SoCal, both Reese and I wanted to keep it simple. I run 30K tournaments here about once every two months, so I'm pretty familiar with about what I'm going to do. My question is about how certain rules are interpreted. I want to try and keep my rulings as close as possible to the 30K community's interpretations. That way, people don't get don't have to change the way they play if they go to different events. So here's my question. How is the Sekhmet Terminator Psychic Powers generated? I play Thousand Suns, and I actually roll for their powers. I don't choose, but the community thinks they should pick then I'll go that way. Okay, so let's answer that one first. Uh, at Adepticon and Stiff, they were not pick. They were roll. However, Ryan interprets it different. You would let them choose, right, Ryan? It says choose in the... I mean, yeah. to me, you're erratic it. It's not an FAQ question. Like, it says fucking choose in the listing. Like, I don't understand why this is even a question. It says choose. Right. It's like we were talking about before the show. This is like interpreting that Phosphex quad mortars are too cheap and the the 8 in the beginning of their points value should be a 10 <laughs> where there are 100 points. Like, you're not... That's not an interpretation. It says choose right in the, the book. So until... Forge World addresses it and actually goes in and changes it from choose to generate. If that, if they even want to do that, I mean, it's fine if you want to make it choose or make it generate instead of choose. But just be aware that it says fucking choose. Like it, like I don't, I don't see why there's an ar- argument at all. It says choose powers. The only time they use the word choose when it comes to psychic powers is when you choose your psychic powers. Right. So. I guess on this one, uh, Robert, I okay. So the FAQ for stiff, and I we all wrote, know I'm a huge fan of Thousand Suns. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, uh, I wrote the list. I, I wrote the FAQ for stiff, and it got some changes to it after I wrote it, and went to Adepticon, and they 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 made their own personal changes on that and everything. Um, however, upon writing that list or that FAQ for stiff. I would not. I would let Thousand Sons choose their psychic powers because it did not make a difference, and it did not make the Sekhmet Terminators overpowered. That was a big fear, and I think that that FAQ that I wrote was made with the assumption that they would be overpowered if they got to choose their psychic powers. But I don't think it's they're going. overpowered regardless. Yeah. 
So, uh, I, I, I can, I, what I can do is I can send you the FAQ that I wrote for stiff with the changes that I would made that I, after play testing and everything like that, I don't think are needed. So maybe that would help. Uh, right now, I think most of the community is letting them just choose their powers. I think there's a few events that make you roll for them. I know Stiff, Adepticon, and Nova are all going to be uh, roll for the powers, but I think that might start shifting. So I guess my thing on it is, like, if you want to build a... Like, we've talked about it. I, I mean, I I truly believe that if people wanted to abuse Thousand Sons, they would be far and away the cheesiest army out there and everybody would be mad about them. The thing is, the community, for the most part, seems <laughs> has been totally self-policing. So I personally just think it should be played the way it's written, which is choose. And once again, it, that's not going to make a difference. If they wanted to write a dick list, whether it's cho- roll or choose, they're going to be able to write a dick list whether you, that's the case or not. So you might as well just play it the way it's written, in my opinion, and let people self-police. Because the community to this point has done a good job with it. Yeah. Yep, 100%. So, anyway, his second question is, the Blood Angel's Blade of Perdition, how does it work? I heard both ways on how to deal with it. It only does multiple wounds to multi-wound models, and the wounds don't spill over, and the other way where all wounds spill over. That being said, I played a game on Wednesday where a Blood Angel Praetor hit six times and wounded five times. He killed the entire 10-man assault squad instantly. Well, here's the thing on that one. That's how it's played. That is, uh, that's, like, that's not really a rules interpretation. That's more of a, I feel that this is, you know, like, it's, it's somebody's like, this cannot be the way it is. But unfortunately, it is. And I think that they've even talked to Alan Bly about it. And Alan Bly came out and said... That's not how it's supposed to be run, but I'm not going to take the time to FAQ it. So, um, I mean, Blades of Perdition are just beef stick. If you want to nerf it for your event, you can. Just make sure that your uh, that your players know way in advance that you're going to be nerfing the Blade of Perdition because I don't know of a single person that plays it the other way now. I know some of the guys at the Sons of Heresy podcast play it play it differently. They play it where if you're a multi-wound guy, it affects you like that. But I do not know of anybody else that plays. Okay. Now, here is I, – I sat long and hard and thought about this. So let's go through his scenario that he laid out and say that you play it the other way, and he only kills five assault marines. Okay, then what? Then they swing back and do dick and then fail their leadership, and he sweeps them, and you have the exact same result? <laughs> yep. Um, let's say he has a paragon blade. He does the same thing. Like – it doesn't matter. Like the only time it would matter is if you're fighting two wound models, which in either case, regardless how you play it, it's killing those two wound models. Yeah. The only scenario I could come up with where this is important would be against like a very elite one wound per model unit that has a very good invulnerable save like normal cataphracty. Because then doing multiple wounds and making them make lots of saves, you're killing multiple guys. So but if you're talking ver, fucking ver, tactical Marines... Varigear Terminators would be probably the... <laughs> right. Stuff like that. Yeah. But you're talking like the, the, the amount of times that it's going to matter, regardless of how you choose to do it, are going to be so slim 
that it doesn't matter. Like, as a Blood Angel player, if they chose to, quote-unquote, nerf the Blade of Perdition and play it the other way, where it only affects multi-wound models, I'm still taking the fucking thing. Yeah. Like, it's not going to change anything for me. It's like, oh no, I only killed, you know, five tactical guys out of the ten instead of the eight that I normally do, and then sweep the rest either way. Like, oh no. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not... The only there's only few scenarios where it's going to matter one way or the other, right? Exactly, very true. Uh, as as far as nerfing it goes, I don't think it needs to be nerfed. It doesn't sound like it needs to be nerfed. Uh, I don't. There's so many like play testing it, that's well, been here, done. It needs to be more points. It needs to be more points. I think the rules are fine. Twenty points is fucking ridiculous. Let's be real here. Yeah, no, it is. It's way too cheap. It, they should probably be because the legatine axe is 25 and it's AP2 at initiative special weapon and not near as fucking good as this thing and it's 25 points. So I would think 30 to 40 points. The reason I don't really think it's broken is because you have to buy an ex- the only people that can take it are independent characters that have access to a power fist. You only have three HQ slots. There's only so many HQs that get a power fist. Like Primus Medicase can't take a power fist. I don't think librarians can take a power. You know what I mean? No. There's a bunch of them that don't don't have access to a power fist. So you're you're locked into like five specific things that can take a power fist. And I think the cheapest one is, well, I guess you could take a base Centurion, that's fifty points, and then give him a blade and whatever. But then if you do that, he's still just a two wound. Mul- Model with the best of a five up invulnerable save, so he's gonna like be like we talk about these glass hammer units where you've, you've made this a hundred and forty point guy that's just a two wound guy with a four up invulnerable save. So really, the only model it's super effective on is a Praetor, and then by the time you kid him out, he's a hundred and ninety points or whatever, and then you you're only gonna have two of those in an army because it's only one per whatever. So I just don't I don't feel like it's something. It's not like something that goes on every sergeant. No. In my personal opinion, I think that the fucking white scar spear thing is cheesier than the blade of perdition because you can put it on every sergeant. Not that it's a better weapon. The fact that it's available for everybody to fucking every Tom, Dick and Harry. Yeah. yeah, Every Tom, Dick and Harry in the army and you're striking at initiative, whatever at AP two to me is, is more quote unquote offensive than a single blade of perdition in an army. Yeah. But nobody thinks about it like that. They just see the one thing and get focused in on the one they this lose one guy. They lose their entire ten man squad and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and then they're like, Oh my god, this one guy killed my ten tactical marines. And they don't think that, well, if this was a Praetor with a Paragon blade, I would have lost six and then fought back and did fuck all and then got swept anyway. So it would have been no different. We're talking the same scenario here. So I guess if it question, makes you feel better to roll, oh sorry, I was just saying if it makes you feel better to roll five dice back, hit twice, wound once, and him make us two up save. I, I, okay, cool. Um, it doesn't make me feel any better. I'm still losing my ten man squad. <laughs> so I guess is whether the how the blade of perdition, how does it work? Most people are playing with the multi multi wounds on. And that spillover. So that's just how people play it. Uh, it's your event. You can interpret yeah, it however you want to. Every wound becomes two. Yeah. Yeah. 
you have the you can interpret it however you way you want. Uh, every event that I've played in or been to has played it where they spill over. So that's one yes, of those that's how we play it here. Uh, third question is multi bombing. I'm leading towards allowing it since it makes sense for 30k. Uh, yeah, I mean that's it, it's it's another thing. Just let everybody know early on whether or not you're going to be doing multi bombing or not. Uh, the stiff Adepticon. Nova, all are multi bombing. Was was LVO? Was, did they do multi bombing? I think they did, right? Probably. Yeah, I have no clue. Every every thirty k event I've been to, um, almost all the ones we shot, writes list show straight says when that you know they'll send a list in with a bunch of assault marines in it, and they always put the caveat: our club allows multi bombing. So. Yeah, like it's all good. I put multiple bombs on all my assault marines type thing. So I would say the vast majority of the community is, is uh, more into multi bombing than not. I know America is into multi bombing. Sweden's into multi bombing. Australia's into multi bombing. The UK is kind of split. Most of us, <laughs> I don't think the Sydney. The the way I understand it, the Sydney meta is not into multi bombing, but the rest of the Australia. Is all for multi bombing. Get it together, Sydney. Are y'all playing Death from the Skies too? Jesus Christ! Get with the program. <laughs> y'all are supposed to be rebels. Yeah, dang it. Uh, okay, next question. Invisibility. I'm looking at using the current ITC ruling. The invisibility psychic power is altered to read unit shooting at the invisible unit. Do so at a ballistic skill one and the hit at melee on a five plus. Abilities and powers that specifically affect snapshots may be used to increase the blitz skill models attacking the visible unit. This tones down the power without removing it completely. So, uh, so thirty k community self polices. This power is cheesy either way. Yeah, like this is still cheesy. I mean, I guess you can at this point shoot flamers and blast at it. It's still cheesy though. So the community self-polices. I've never seen a problem with it in any event I've been to. Uh, at Stiff and Adepticon and it will be at Nova, uh, we just removed invisibility. Is it, I mean, if your army relies on invisibility, you're probably not going to be the guy everybody wants to play. So I would say that removing it completely from the abilities and choices to choose it if that pisses somebody off, they're probably not somebody wanting you to at the event in the first place. So, you know, it, it's kind of one of those things, you know, like I can't, I, I can't, unless you're like a truly like just not fun player to play against, you're like, oh, I built my whole army around everybody being invisible, blah, blah, blah. Well, then you shouldn't really be mad if they're like, hey, no invisibility for this event. That's how we ran it. Nobody complained. There was no issues with that. We had Thousand Suns players there. They were just like, oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't going to use it anyway. But, uh, it just kind of, instead of like having this modified invisibility running around where like, you know, people got a FAQ and you got to relearn. It's like, nah, just nobody takes invisibility. So, or you can run the ITC ruling. Yeah. I've, I've it, been, you know. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it'll matter either way. I mean, once again, the community has been very good at self-policing. Even if you allowed it, like even here, we don't disallow it in our game club. And anytime anybody rolls it up, they literally just say, I don't want to use this bullshit power. Let me re-roll. And, and their opponent's like, okay, cool. And that's what we do. Yeah. But all of these questions, minus the the um, Blood Angels, Blood of, uh, Blade of Perdition 
question have been addressed in our FAQ that we released for Stiff and this, the FAQ that was made for Adepticon and then the Adepticon FAQ is being used for Nova. So, I mean, however you want to do it, like if you need that FAQ, we can send it out to you. Actually, anybody listening right now, if you want our FAQ that we did for Stiff and that Adepticon did, I have both of those that I can send you and uh, you can look it over if you're planning on running events and you need an FAQ. Uh, there are some things that I will ch- I would change. So what I could do is if you send me an email saying you want the FAQ information, uh, I will send you the original that we used for Stiff, and then I'll send you the updated version that we'll, I'll probably be telling our guys to use in the future. But um, there's just, uh, yeah, we'll send it to you. Everything was addressed except for Blade of Perdition. And as far as that goes, I wouldn't have, I, it's so not an issue that, I, I did not include it in FAQ and I can't and nobody else brought it up to be FAQ'd. So Yeah. So anyway, on another note, if you could help me with an army, I would appreciate it. I'm running Thousand Sons, but I'm going with a different take. I want to either run Angels of Wrath or Drop Assault Vanguard right of war. Here's what I have. So Zach also I'm sorry, Robert also sent in uh some models that he has and he wanted to to see if we could write him a list. So I guess if you're ready for that list, I'll read off what he has. So, um, yeah. So his original, Go ahead. his original list was a Praetor and a jump pack with a Paragon blade, power fist, arcane litanies, iron halo, and artificer armor with digital lasers running the Raptora. Uh, then he's got a librarian with a jump pack, force axe, boarding shield, artificer armor, melt bomb, arcane litanies, and running Provoni. Uh, then he's got 15 assault Marines. Two of them have power weapons. The Sergeant has, a oh, sergeant has lightning claw and melt bombs. The entire unit has combat shields running Raptora. Interesting. Uh, 15 assault Marines, two with power weapons. Sergeant has power fist. She's running Pyre. A 10 man assault Marine squad. Sergeant has thunder hammer running Pyre. 10 tactical Marines with melted guns. Five tactical Marines with plasma guns. 10 s- tactical support Marines with plasma guns. Sorry. And with melted guns. 10 Sekmet terminators. Two have chain fist. Four have power fist. Four have four swords. 10 Tataras Terminators, any loadout. Three Javelins with pin-mounted multi-meltas. Six Jet Bikes unassembled so I can be built as what I need. One Fire Raptor, one Storm Eagle, two Anvilus Dreadclaws, two Avenger Strike Fighters. I can get some stuff if I need to. And I know that your Puppygate story was pretty bad, but I do have one that is both humane and seems cruel, but it depends on where you are raised. If you are curious, I will email it to y'all and let you know. Thanks, Robert Channel. So I do have one that is both humane and seems cruel. Yeah, go ahead and send us an inch. I Robert. don't know, man. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this is an email. This is an email. It's like, Mike, what, let's roll that. I'm going to roll that dice. So what would you do with this list, man? I'm kind of interested in seeing how you ran Okay, so here's the thing. Like, I wasn't sure because he didn't put a points value here. And I don't know that this is a list list. I don't, I don't know if this is like a list or a list of just, hey, these are models I own. So I was a little confused. That's what it looks um, like. First, first of all, if this is a list list, which I don't think it is, um, it would be illegal because your Praetor that has Raptora, at least two of your compulsory units, which in Drop Assault Vanguard would have to be two of the three Assault Marines, would also have to be Raptora, and only one of them are. The other two are Priory. Because yeah. your, your compulsory troop choices have to be the same uh, cult as your Praetor. Praetor. Yeah. 
So here, I just wrote him a 3,000-point list because, once again, this didn't have points attached, but he's got a lot of models here. And drop Assault Vanguard when you're running all these Assault Marines and Flyers. They're going to be expensive. So I just went with the safe bet and did 3,000. I figured I could make a cool list and fit a lot of stuff in at 3,000. If he wants a different points level, uh, just shoot us another email and we'll adjust it. If you, you could probably, he seems like a pretty bright guy. He could probably adjust it himself. But anyway, this is what I went with. So I got a Praetor uh, with the Rite of War Drop Assault Vanguard. He's running Colt, Arcana, uh, Pavoni, which is uh, Biomancy. Um, he's Psyker Mastery Level 2. Um, he's got a Paragon Blade, Power Fist, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, Arcane Litanies, and Jump Pack. So this guy's going to be an absolute beef. close combat beat stick. Yeah. I only did level two. Level two is going to be... Who? How do I put it? It's right there on the borderline. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really want to run a level one Praetor because it's Thousand Suns, so you feel like the guy should probably be at least level two. But I didn't jack him all the way up to level three because level three Biomancy just seems just absolutely too much brutality. So I was like, eh, level two seems safe. <laughs> That's Ooh. kind of what I thought was. Level two Praetor is that V6 Mustang. Like, you could have gone the full, you know... The full V8, yeah. but like you know, you just, you just yeah, you, you backed it off. You know, you wanted to look cool, but you you backed it off. Yeah. Anyway, so then the uh, for the your second choice, I went. I built basically your same librarian, so it's a librarian that's mastery level two. I mean, he's taking Corviday, which is divination. He's got a force axe, melt of bombs, arcane litanies, and I actually put him on a jet bike. So I know you guys, you probably already have a guy modeled with a jump pack, but you said you would be willing to buy some more stuff. So you can come up with an extra jet bike. I think you'll like the jet bike librarian with the Corviday, and I'll explain why as we get to the bottom part of the list. That being said, if you don't like it and want to keep the guy with the jump pack, the jump pack is is cheaper. It's 20 points cheaper. So you could literally just switch it back to a jump pack and just have a few more points to put somewhere else. So it's not really going to affect the list, although I do think you'll, when I get to the end of the list, and you'll see why I think you'll like the jet bike better. Um, so for troops, um, I took a 14-man assault squad. Uh, two of the guys have power fist. The sergeant has artificer armor, power weapon, melt bombs I saw that you had all this crazy war gear on your sergeants. Like you have one with lightning claws, one with whatever. That's fine. I just because you this, this list that I wrote is only 29.89, so you're gonna have 10 points. Plus, I gave him power weapon melt bombs so if you want to switch that out for a power fist or a thunder hammer or whatever, you're going to have the points to do it. So on this particular list I wrote, I just kind of gave him a generic loadout, but he can swap that, customize it however he wants. So I'm just putting that caveat out there. So again, 14-man squad, two power weapons in the squad, and then the sergeant has artificer armor, power weapon melt bombs And they have Pavoni because they have to because the Praetor has Pavoni. The reason I I like the Pavoni on the Assault Marines on Drop Assault Vanguard. Turn one, you auto come in Deep Strike. Pavoni gives you a bonus to your run roll. Because on that first turn, you don't want to stay uh, clumped up after you Deep Strike. So the worst thing you could do is go, well, I'm going to run, and then roll that fucking one. You know what I mean? All and day, then every time. Not, yeah. not move, and then get hammered. So what Pavoni does is it adds plus one to your run and sweeping advanced distances. So it's going to, at a minimum, allow you to spread out at least two inches, which I actually think is pretty beneficial for All these day. assault marines. Yeah. 
And then it also adds to the sweeping advance. So being assault marines, if you can win that close combat, adding bonus to the sweeping advance is obviously a good thing. So that's how the first two squads are loaded out. So then I have a third assault marine squad, and it's a full. It's a, well, not a full, but it's a fifteen man, and it's armed the same. So it's got three power weapons in it, um, and then the sergeant has artificer armor, power weapon, melta bombs. But every single model in the squad has a combat shield. And they took Raptora, which is makes the combat shield like we talked about, where it buffs them to a five up to shooting, four up in close combat. Right. And he can do that on the third squad because you've already filled the compulsory like you have to with the cult with the uh, the uh, where they match the Praetor. Um, then for elites, I took. This is something else you'll have to buy because you don't own them. I took three apothecaries with jump packs and power swords as a single choice, and each so each of these assault quads get an apothecary. Um, we talk about it here all the time. If you're going to run these big assault marine squads, they really need an apothecary because you can't hide them in a transport or whatever. They're pretty exposed to firepower, so you need to make them as durable as possible. Um, for the second elite choice, I just took five Sekmec Terminators. Um, two of them have chain fist and the other three have whatever you want to give them because they come with free force weapons so you can make them, you know, axis swords, whatever you want to arm them with. But it's just five segment. Um, for fast attack, I took six jet bikes that you have. Um, I gave two of them Volkite Culverins and the other four heavy bolters. So, and they're Corvidae. So this is where your... Um, divination librarian will go with these jet bikes so the cool thing about divination is because your librarian's level two you automatically come with uh, prescience so you can make all these jet bikes twin linked like you're guaranteed that um you can also end up with a four up and vulnerable save which means you can put that on your bikes and they don't have to jink so you get your full firepower without having to jink you can end up with where you can choose an enemy unit and basically curse them where anything shot at them becomes rending so obviously shooting all this jet bike firepower at and a unit and gaining rending is extremely good. Very um, good. Yeah, so anyway, that. I just like, I feel like, and then depending on how you interpret the Corvidae, we interpret it because the Corvidae bonus is if you don't move, you get to reroll ones when you shoot. Um, anything with relentless specifically states you don't count as moving. Right. So I think that you don't count as moving. So the Corvidae bonus works whether you move or not personally. Um, that being said, once again, the librarian's automatically going to come with where you can make them twin-linked, which is better than re-rolling ones. But if you didn't want to waste casting that power, you could at least re-roll ones, whether you cast that power or not. Yeah, I've actually never thought to interpret or to use basically anything with Relentless like that in Thousand Suns. So, I mean, you could use, like, attack bikes and stuff like that really cool as well. And not talked about that on the show Hmm. Like when we f first read the rules, I think we talked about it. Hmm. I guess I didn't put too much thought into it. It's pretty cool. Because we brought it up, like, it probably does need FAQ'd because it says if you don't move, then you can reroll ones. But then Relentless states you don't count as moving. So when they say don't move, do they truly mean don't move? Or do they mean if you count as not moving, it also counts? Man, that makes Outriders with Plasmos pretty decent for Thousand Suns. Well, they're already twin. Oh, they're twin linked already. Yeah. Okay. That's why I think it doesn't really. It's not a 
big deal to say that relentless is okay because it really only affects jet bikes and attack bikes. That's it. I can't think of anything else that's relentless that it would matter. Nope, I can't think of anything else either. Because Terminators, all their combi bolters are twin link. I guess this, if you went with combi weapons or shooting, but like Terminators aren't like, they don't have like a massive amount of shooting where that, you know what I mean? They're more of an assault unit. I can't think of anything that you wouldn't want to move that would take full advantage of that besides relentless models. Okay. Um, just just a heavy weapon team. Yeah, that's the only thing that just I can say. Heavy. heavy weapons and maybe land speeders. I don't know. Well, they they're not Legion of Stardies. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to like spitball units now. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Back to it. All right. So the the second fast attack choice is uh, three javelins and a single squadron. He owns those models, and they are just the standard javelins with pinnel-mounted multi-meltas, just like he has them already modeled. So just a squadron of three javelins uh, with the multi-meltas. Then for the third and final fast attack choice, it's a single anvilist, which he already has that model, and this is what the five uh, Sekhmet go in. So the five Sekhmet that I mentioned earlier will go in the one anvilist that I took as a fast. Um, For heavy support, I took a... Uh, fire after gunship with auto cannon batteries and four wing mounted hell strikes. Oh, for the segment, by the way, because it does matter. I put them in. Um, you can put them in either armor. <coughs> I would put them in Tartaros, and then I I took them with uh, uh, Raptora, which is what increases their invulnerable save by one. <coughs> Making them three up is pretty douchey. So I feel like if you it's cool to take Raptora, you know, but then put them in Tartaros so you're still staying the four up where they're not super offensive. Yeah. Four up and they can run. It's not stupid. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, and they still get Overwatch. It's still good. It's extremely good. It's just not like, oh my God, my guys have a three up and they're two wound and they still get all their shooting and, you know, and it gets. So, anyway. And he, and he has a Tartaros um, anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. So I put him in. Well, he doesn't say what his Sekhmets are. He just says Sekhmet Terminators. So I don't know what his, but in his list of guys. But anyway, on in my army list, I have them as Tartarus Armor selecting Raptora. Um, so then after the Fire Raptor, um, for his Lord of War slot, I took a suborbital wing with two uh, Avenger Strike Fighters with the uh, Krakens and the Battle Server Control, which he owns those. So literally everything in the list that I built for him, he owns, um, except the uh, three apothecaries, which they come to in a pack. So just buy two packs of apothecaries and find some jump packs for him. And then um, I switched around the librarian from a jump pack to a jet bike guy. So you'd only have to go out and find a, you know, jet bike and another librarian or whatever. I would still keep your one with a jump pack, but I just build a second one on a jet bike jet bike. But like I said, once again, if you if you don't like that, just literally run the same guy that I was telling you that, that still keep him Corvidae because I still think Divination is extremely good, um, and put him put him with the jump pack and just run him in one of the Assault Marine squads instead, and then um, still keep the Corvidae on the jet bikes. Nothing really changes, and it's just going to give you twenty extra points to you can use those twenty points to buy hunter killers for the javelins or to you know do whatever. 
But I think this is a really solid list. Um, and I think you'll really like it. I dig it. I like it a lot. And it doesn't like it's tailored back. Like it's not it's not full taking advantage of a lot of things and you put I, I mean, I think it's good, but I mean, because you're going to have roughly, because you're going to have, uh, was this 40, uh, sorry, bad at math, 43 assault marines, um, deep striking in that all have apothecaries attached to them, and then the one character, turn one, and then the five Sekhmets come in, and a dread call, turn one, and then you can either start the javelins on the table or outflank them. And then, obviously, your Fire Raptor and your two Avengers have to stay in reserve. That being said, I guess what you were going with or saying is it's not really something you can't just do with any other army. Right. You know what I mean? You can still build the same list with pretty much any other army. The only difference is um, really the Sekhmet, and then you're going to have, you know, the... uh, Because you can still take a Librarian in any other army. It's really just the level two, you know, the Psychic Powers on the Praetor... And then the Sekhmet and everything else you can do in any other army. Now you, you are getting the cult bonuses on all the guys, but what are you looking at? Like eight dice, eight paradise. Um, two two for the Sekhmet, two for the librarian, two for the Praetor. So six dice. Six dice. Okay. Huh. Yeah, that's not terrible. I don't think it's bad. No. I dig it. I like it. Yeah. Yep. So hopefully so, you liked that, up. Robert. Hopefully uh, we helped you out yeah. for some of the questions that you had for your event. Send us in that uh, story. We'll go ahead and deduce it. And uh, hopefully it's not as bad as Puppygate, but more than likely we'll play it. So. so what's next on the list here? Next up is a 1,500-point Bitter Iron list. So this comes from Dave. Dave says, Hey, Ryan. I was thinking of the upcoming event I might run this list instead of the Pride of the Legion one I was going to before. I feel... Oh, my bad, guess. Hey, Ryan. I was thinking of the upcoming event I might run this list instead of the Pride of Legion one I was going to before. I feel like Pride lists are super common now, and this might be more interesting. And plus, I like the idea of being specific to Iron Hands. Also, army-wide hatred seems like a nice bonus. What do you think, man? P.S. I had to add some plasma pistol by Tactical Sergeant after I imported this from Battlescribe since it wouldn't let me do it in the app. Okay. So the list he's thinking about running at is a... He's running in his HQ slot. He's got a Legion Praetor, an Artificer Armor, a Cyber Familiar, digital lasers. He's running in him as an Iron Father with an Iron Halo, Melted Bombs, Paragon Blade with a Volkite Serpentine. Uh, then in his Elite shot slot, He's running a Legion Veteran Tactical Squad. Um, they have all have combi meltas on them, and one of them has a melted gun. They're mounted up in a Legion Rhino with a dozer blade. And the Veteran Sergeant has Artificer Armor, Bolt Pistol, Plasma Pistol, Power Fist. Oh, so he, okay, so yeah, I put Plasma Pistol in there. Uh, and his troop choice, he's running a Legion Tactical Squad uh, with a Vexilla and a Rhino. With a dozer blade. The tactical sergeant has artificer armor, melted bombs, power fist, and plasma pistol. Uh, his second troop slot is going to be a Medusa and Immortal squad. 
and nine of them have Volkite Chargers and a Land Raider Phobos with Armored Ceramite. And the Sergeant has Artificer Armor and Meltabombs with a Power Fist. And under his heavy support, he's got a Sakaran Venator Tank Destroyer with a Dozer Blade. Uh, under his... And that's it. It's a 1,500-point list. What'd you do for him, Ryan? So this is for my upcoming event on May 13th. So... Um, that's why it's fifteen hundred points. Um, I Dave's a a uh, cool dude, and he's definitely more like hobbyist fluff guy than he's worried about like kicking dicks off or whatever. So I didn't really want to change a lot of the stuff because I knew a lot of the choices that he had made. You know, he wouldn't change anyway. Like he'd just be like, "Yeah, that's a cool story, bro," but I really like these guys because they look this way or whatever. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I so because yeah. I was trying to tell him like. Like any anybody who's not lying to themselves, like Medusa and Immortals are like way, 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 way too many points for what they do. <laughs> yeah. So they're cool looking, but I mean Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, so this is what I did for him. So I basically just kind of swapped around some war gear and um kind of streamlined some things. So in his uh, one list, or in his veteran marines, you said they all have combi meltas. It's a full squad, and he only has four combi meltas in it. So some of them just had bolt guns. That's important because I put all combi meltas on mine. So Because otherwise, there's not really much of a difference in the list. That's why I'm pointing that out. So anyway, so in my list, uh, for HQ, I did the same Iron Father that he has, I think, except I got rid of the Volkite Serpenta. So the one that I came up with is... Iron Father, Paragon Blade, Melta Bombs, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, Cyber Familiar, and he just keeps his bolt pistol. For troops, I have uh, 10 normal tacticals. Um, the Sergeant has Artificer Armor Power Fist, and they're in a Rhino with Pinnel Mounted Multi Melta, so I added the Multi Melta to his Rhino to make it, you know, do stuff. Um, then for the second troop's choice, I took his 10 Medusa Immortals. Every single guy is a Volkite Charger. Um, the Sergeant has Artificer armor power fist and they're in a land raider phobos with uh, armored ceramite and i added a dozer blade to it because it's the best five points you'll ever spend on a fucking land raider <laughs> so you don't get hung up on a shrub um all day so so i came up with five points to put that dozer blade on there um for his elite's choice i took this uh 10 man veteran squad or sorry a nine man veteran squad um they have machine killers uh eight of them have combi meltas um and then the sergeant has artificer armor combi melta power fist and they're in a rhino with pinnel mounted multi melta and this is where the iron father goes is with them and then for heavy support i took his uh sicker inventor just like he has it but i took the dozer blade off it and put the dozer blade on the land raider because the sicker inventor usually hangs back in the backfield and you can move it around without you know driving through rubble where the land raider is always charging forward and is going to be more likely to encounter you know getting hung up yeah, getting mobilized. So I just kind of <laughs> switched. I kind of kept his list the same. I just kind—I got rid of like the shit that, to me, is kind of like a little bit of a waste of points, like plasma pistols, shit like like that. I got rid of that, um, and uh, the Volkite Serpenta, things like that, and then took those points and invested them into things that I feel like you'll get more out of like more combi melters on the machine killer squad um, and multi melters on the rhinos and a dozer blade for the land raider. 
I hear you. It makes sense. I mean, I, I completely understand why you would do that. One thing I've always wanted to ask you is, on your machine killer vets, why don't you ever... Yeah. Why do you only take combi melters? Why don't you ever, like, toss one of them into a melt gun? A lot of times it's just the same points because a melt gun is 15 points and a combi melt is only 10 points. Right. It's so points, it's yeah. the very first... So when I get to the end of the list and it's like, fuck, if I had 10 more points, I could throw in an extra javelin in this unit. The very first thing I do is go find those melt guns and just demote them to combi melts because they're going to do the same thing. And typically you're fucking using that machine killer vet to blow something up and then you're dying anyway. They're kind of like one of those, like, they've done their job, you know, like yeah. type of thing. <laughs> then even if you do have that one lone melt gun so what are the odds that you drop in? smoke something crazy like a knight or a whatever and then you can they're already out of their pod and now you can move them six inches and then kill something else with this melt gun and they've not moved away from it uh so, but, so like, the way, what are the odds of that okay no i get it I, i've actually never looked at it that way because uh, like i i realize like you're you're a big proponent on like whatever you're shooting at make sure everything you have is good at shooting at that and i guess now that i kind of think about it a little bit for the turn, you have all these combi meltas. You're good at killing tanks, and then that next turn, you're good at killing infantry. So it's like, do you want this? Do you want this one guy with the melta gun to have a good chance at killing this tank, or a decent chance, or do you want all these bolters to handle this infantry? So I, I guess, like, yeah, I can. Okay. And like I said, the odd the odds of I come in, nuke something, and then these guys live. Yeah, are pretty slim, and then then them living, and then still being within range to repeat the process to something else. Like by the time you do extrapolate all that, it's like, ah, eh, I'll just save the ten points and just give everybody commie meltas. Yeah, and then honestly, what I've been doing, I arm my guys like this. Remember, you get to choose your veteran ability at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Um. Since since I played my black shields, right, and I have that. I have a full 10-man squad of nothing but combi meltas in my black shields. I've played nine games with them, and I've only chosen... choose. Uh, I've only picked Machine Killer. I did a Porky Pig there. I fucking stuttered and then changed the word. <laughs> I just want to point that out. <laughs> I've only picked Machine Killer a single time. And I've just... Because I always, like, go... What, do you have any armored ceramite vehicles? And a lot of people are like, no. And then I look and I'm like, well, they don't have any armored 14 and none of the stuff has armored ceramite. So why in the fuck would I not just pick sniper and then still come in and melt to something and still get double dice to not really need the plus one. And then once that's done, I can switch back to bolt guns that are now sniper to kill infantry. Makes sense. I get it. I get it. I see where you're at now. <laughs> so, I'm on board. yeah, so that, that's what, that's kind of, yeah. So that's, that's basically why I've been given all mine, uh, combi melters instead of melta guns because I've ninety percent of the time I've been choosing marksman anyway. I and then I get dual purpose. I drop in melta something the first turn and then after that fall back on just being sniper vets bolt guns, which has worked out great. Cool. Okay. That makes sense. I I, I feel educated now. A little bit more educated. I've always wanted to know. And then. I get this Sakar Inventor taking his Desert Blade, putting it on a Land Raider. That made sense. I really didn't have any questions about this list, so I think it was smart moves, redistributing it, points. There wasn't a lot to work with in such a po low point count, so 
and especially with such big big models getting thrown around like the land raider right uh so now at now at my event you can write as many lists as you want so i don't know if dave realizes that because i know he listens to the show so if you go ahead and write this list dave and bring it but if you have extra models or something you can write as many lists as you want and change so you just can't write lists while you're here so you have to bring them pre-written but you can write a hundred lists if you want and then play whatever so um i definitely gave you advice on this but it's kind of it's a little bit of a moot point because you can, uh, you, you know what I mean? It's not like you're locked into it anyway. So just at least bring this list so you can run it. <laughs> Ryan's list. Well, he's already then, had, he kind of already did because we just had a team event this weekend and I actually, Dave drove down from Detroit to play in the event that I just played in Saturday. And so he got to try it out. He tried out this exact list without the changes and I've already showed him the changes in person. And I've already teased him about foot, you know, 1997 called and once his plasma pistols back. <laughs> you know this isn't fucking fourth edition anymore why are you running plasma pistols and he just laughed and he's like because they look cool and i'm leaving them on there so shut the fuck up basically so <laughs> it is what it is but anyway um i don't know if he's watched my video or read my mission packet but he can write as many lists as he wants for my event so anyway still not out there i dig it badass dude all right well there's that list we got the next one coming up and this is going to be, let me see here. So it should be, be a 3,000 point Alpha Legion army with Imperial Knights is the next on the list. So this comes from Tristan. Tristan says, hey, Ryan and Michael, totally addicted to your podcast. You guys leave me in absolute hysterics while on the bus to work in the mornings. Keep this up. You're awesome. Cool, man. I hope you're on the bus right now listening to this episode. I hope you made it to this part and you're on the bus and you're looking and there's like an old lady picking her nose and you're just like, man, fuck that lady. She's going to wipe it on the seat. She just did? Ugh, so gross. <laughs> Never sit in that seat. That lady's gross, Tristan. Anyway, fuck that lady. <laughs> <laughs> While well, there will be some other things I would like to chat with you guys about, I'll save those for another time and just kindly ask for a view of my list and suggestions suggestions on strategy because I really seem to have a hard time pulling the win lately. Thanks for the time, and I thought it takes a lot to do this. And thought it takes a lot to do this. I don't really have a format to play from, so I'll just write the list below in short form. Cool. So you said you have some cool stories to tell us? Uh, look, we're going to go ahead and do a little barter here. Uh... All you have to do is just call our voicemail. We're gonna we're gonna do the list in exchange for a bus story. Like I know you've seen some shit on the bus. Just go ahead and shoot us a shoot us a voicemail of some crazy shit you've seen on the bus. Here's the thing. He wrote this list and sent it last week and we didn't have time to do it. So I said last week, Hey if your name's Tristan, we're gonna do your list next week. And I did the same thing for Dave. Yeah. So he got all excited and wrote us another email. So I'll just <laughs> read the beginning of this other email. He says Oh, that's right here. He says, I heard my name shouted out last podcast, and I waited with bated breath on your army suggestions. But while listening to that episode, I heard you read out someone's Imperial Fist list, blah, blah, blah. Basically, he sent us another list before we even... He got greedy, is what happened. He got real greedy. <laughs> He's, so he sent a second list before we even read out the other list, knowing we were going to read out the other list. So this is what's going to happen, Tristan. 
I have this list, and we're holding this list hostage till we get a bus story. Yes. So I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write an army list for this, but you can't hear it, son. You can't hear it until we get a bus story. So because we do voicemails before we get to the list section, so I'm gonna have this on the back burner, burner until we get a bus story, and then once we get a bus story, I'll read it out. Ryan, I love that. Good job. I love the way you handled that. And you know what? If you don't have a bus story, well, then you better make one up and not tell us that it's made up. Like, just, you got to it. better be good. It better, better be not a good be able story. to tell that it's made up. <laughs> yeah. You better sell it. You better sell that story. So, you hear that, every all you RFI listeners out there? We got a badass bus story coming in next week. So, everybody, hold on to your seats. So, anyway, here's the Alpha Legion list he sent in. So he's taking an Alpha Legion with Questorus Knight allies, which I'm super down to hear. Approximately 3,000 points, no right of war at the moment. So he's going to take Dynat, Siegebreaker with Arfis Armor, Refractor Field, T-Hammer, Power Dagger. Uh, then he's taking a 10-man tactical... Stop, 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 stop. Take the Why do you hammer. think he took this fucking Siegebreaker in this list? Why do I think he took it? Don't, don't read on. Don't read on. Why is there a fucking Siegebreaker fucking wedged into this list without uh, even reading on? Because I'm pretty sure there's going to be quad mortars somewhere with phosphex shells. Yeah, just point that out. So <laughs> you would. So uh, we already know. We already know. Go ahead. Okay, so they yeah. wedged the siege breaker, artificer armor, fracture field, thunder hammer, power dagger. Then he took a ten man tactical squad, a sergeant with artificer armor, power fist, power dagger, in a rhino with multi melta. Then he took a ten man breacher squad, sergeant has artificer armor, power fist, power dagger. Then he took a 10-man veteran squad, five combi weapons, two plasma guns. I don't know what kind of combi weapons, but I'm going to assume combi plasma. Plasma? We'll see. Probably. Then he took an apothecary with power sword and artifice armor. Another apothecary with power sword and artifice armor. I'm assuming one of those is going to go into that plasma death squad. Uh, Then he took a two quad mortars with shatter and phosphex shells. Uh, I'm assuming that's where the other apothecary is going. Then he took the a three-man bike squad with melta guns, one attack bike with multi-melta, eight-man last cannon dev, dev squad, sergeant with artificer armor. What's a dev squad? Devastator squad? Devastator squad. Heavy, heavy, heavy support squad. He's using the 40K terminology. Shut it down. <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> Shut it all down. All right. Then he Did took I tell a you, real quick. Why, why we're why we're joking about this? I played in that event this weekend, and one of my partners, one of the guys I got teamed with, because you got a, got a random teammate each round. We go to roll warlord traits, and he rolls something, and I'm like, "Oh, that's paladin of glory." He's like, "No, I'm rolling on strategic out of the 40k rulebook." I'm like, "Oh fuck!" I'm like, "Fuck, man!" I almost like wanted to steal that out of his hand and fucking throw it in the trash. I'm like, "What are you doing? We're part of the 30k master race here. Fucking put that <laughs> thing away, like." Can't use those warlord traits. Fuck, we can't be friends anymore. Lose my number. He he started laughing. We was fucking with him. It's like, are you fucking running score? Then get that shit out of here. But then you know what happened? I didn't say anything, and he didn't say anything. I don't know if he was thinking it, but I would have been thinking it. He rolled the warlord trait out of the forty k book that add plus one to seize, so we, we could seize on a five or a six, and then we seize the initiative on a five. So right after I made fun of him for fucking using it, 
he uses that <laughs> warlord trait that, that I made fun of him about the CC initiative on a five, which more than likely won us the game. <laughs> His so. karma, forty k karma coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after anyway, his devastator ahead, squad, sorry. you're good. He yeah. took a wall of martyrs bunker with an ammo dump. Then he took a Lord Marshal with knight atropos. Oh, so I guess it's a knight atropos, Lord Marshal. Yeah, it's aspire. HP. Aspire it with Night Crusader with Castor's Battle Cannon and Storm Reaper Rockets. Should be about 3k points, give or take a few upgrades I might have missed. Current tactics are Dynat and One Apothecary join the vets in Deep Strike and Toast to Vehicle Combi Meltas. Bikers and Attack Bikes outflank do the same. Breachers with other Apothecaries act as guards in my backfield for the Quad Mortars along with the Aspirant. Rhino and tax squads are my object of uh, my objective grabber once it's cleared by the Atropos crashing forward. I'm pretty flexible for changes, suggestions, as I do have a good amount of other models that I can swap if needed. After listening to the Lispocalypse episode, and you guys suggest fire after after fire after in those lists, I guess there's a good chance I'll be trying to get one. So feel free to try and fit one in. Don't have any pods though, so that'll be tough to work in. Other than that, feel free to rip to shreds if need be. Follow my social media below to check out work in progress and shit about the armies I'm working on. Thanks for all your time and work, and you guys do the podcast. Uh, so all you guys out there that are listening in that want to check out Tristan's army, uh, he's Tristan, T-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-I-M on Facebook. Uh, and he's at GK Paladin on Twitter. And his Instagram is Tristan I M on instagram so go check out his work in progress guys go give him a follow seems like a cool dude with his alpha legion i'm actually gonna do that right I've now seen post- his list. good i see him posting all the time so here's the thing i don't really know how to talk about this list without it kind of sounding mean so i'm just gonna say how i feel and if it sounds mean just know that it comes from a place of love so love we've already joked about the the siege breaker like if you don't have a like if you're not playing like a siege army, like if basically to me, if you're not fucking running Death Guard or Iron Warriors, I don't really want to see this siege breaker Phosphex bullshit in your list. I'm just being honest. Like, let's be real here. You're just doing it because to try to get Phosphex mortars. Yep. Like all day. That's just how I feel about it. And that siege so breaker, that's a big a, that's a big tax to play for quad mortars too. Well, and it's, it's like not. the obvious thing. It's like, oh, cool, I'm playing Emperor's Children, but I have this Siege Breaker. Oh, well, let me guess what's in this fucking elite slot. Phosphex Squad. Oh, look, I'm shocked. It's Phosphex Squad Mortars. Like, unless you have a really strong theme to justify it, leave that fucking shit out of your list, please. Like, I can't handle it. Like, we know <laughs> what you're doing. We see you. We know what you're trying to do here. Um. So, other than that, I felt like the list was, like, just a little ecliptic. Like, if you look at this thing, I can't really identify a theme other than he's, like... It's almost like a Magic the Gathering deck. It's like he's looked for little combos, like the the Last Cannons and the Bunker, the Apoth... Or the, uh, the Siege Breaker and the Quads, like, things like that. So, um... Like, I wanted to actually give him a theme. Like, we're... I wanted to make the list better where he'd play it and go, wow, this is better. This feels better and works better, but also give him a solid theme where the fucking army makes sense. Does that sound good to you? Yep. Yeah. 
So this is this is what I went with. So this so I wanted to give him the theme of making this a more aggressive list that had felt like more of an Alpha Legion list. Like you know they're making some type of like really solid hard like attacking from all directions strike that's very uh, mobile and seems cool. And then we'll go ahead and support it with the knights since he wanted to put knights in there. So that was kind of the theme I went with. So I kept Dynat. So it's got Dynat for 200 points. Um, and there's no right of war, by the way. So this is just a standard Age of Darkness list. For, for a second HQ, I took a Saboteur. And the Saboteur has Artificer Armor Power Dagger. Um, and uh, Saboteurs automatically come with Melt Bombs and whatever they come with. Uh, so then for troops, I took a 10-man tactical squad. The sergeant has Artificer Armor Power Fist, and they're in a Rhino with Multimelta. Um, for the second tactical, uh, for the second troop's choice, I took another identical squad. So it's another ten tactical marines with Artificer Armor Power Fist, and they're in a Rhino with Pinnel Mounted Multimelta. So that's going to give him good scoring. That's fast and mobile with the Multimelts on the Rhino to you know make them worthwhile. We talked about that before. So for elites, I took a. A nine or eight man uh, veteran squad. Uh, all eight guys have combi meltas. So the seven normal guys have combi meltas. One of them has a nuncio box. Uh, the sergeant has artificer armor, combi melta, power fist, power dagger. And Dynat is going to join this unit. Um, for the second elite choice, I took five terminators. They're in cataphracty armor. Four of them have combi plasmas. Uh, um, two of them have power weapons. Two of them have chain fist. Uh, one of them has a plasma blaster. And the sergeant has a uh, combi plasma, power fist, power dagger. So basically you're going to have four combi plasmas in the unit and then a plasma blaster. And then the sergeant has a power fist. Two guys have chain fist. And then two guys have power weapons. Um, for fast attack, I took an, a single anvilus dreadclaw. So the uh, the vets with all the combi meltas and dynat will go into the dreadclaw. For the second fast attack choice, I took five attack bikes with multi meltas. Then for a heavy support choice, I took a fire raptor with reaper auto cannon batteries, four wing mounted hell strikes. For the second heavy support choice, I took a scorpus whirlwind. And for the third heavy support choice, I took a Scorpus Whirlwind. And then for his allied knights, I took a Seneschal with a, uh, a Tropos, so exactly how he has. But he only took a Lord Marshal. I went ahead and took the full Seneschal. So the guy's going to be uh, plus one ballistic skill and weapon skill and get the better shield save. So it's a better version of the same knight that he took. And then for troops, I took the Scion Marshal in a Crusader with the carapace-mounted Storm Spear rocket pod. So, um, basically the same thing that he had, only instead of the Aspirant, it's the full-on Scion Marshal. So, once again, it's going to be a better shield save, but also plus one ballistic skill, plus one weapon skill. So, it's the same knights, only enhanced, because I had extra points. So, if you look at the list that I wrote for him, everything's mobile. Like, instead of taking the quad mortars and siege breaker that don't really fit a theme and just kind of sit back and don't like move or seem like they go in the list. I replaced them with Scorpus whirlwinds that could keep up potentially 
they're going in the game. They're going to sit still. But fluff-wise, they have tracks or tank. They'd be able to keep up with a column, keep up with the knights, be able to move forward, get into position fast. The Terminators, they don't have a ride because they're going to use Dynat's rule to deep strike. And if you notice, I put a Nuncio Vox in that veteran tactical squad. So turn one, Dynat and the tactical vet and the 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 uh, veteran tax come in, melt to something, and then on turn two, when the Terminators arrive, they can come in off that Vox and and do a no scatter deep strike in off that Vox, and then lay a bunch of plasma fire down and kill some shit. Should be pretty rad. And then the tactical squads, he's got the two tactical squads that both go in rhinos. So you have two scoring units that can get to objectives fast and score, and then the rhinos have pinel melt and multi melts to make them a threat. And then the saboteur will be able to come in in your opponent's deployment zone and then get Dynat special rule where they get the plus one to damage table when he does a sabotage thing because he can come in into their deployment zone. And it's just a much cooler choice and fluffier with Alpha Legion than a fucking Siegebreaker. Yeah. I think all in all, I mean, that list would deal dish out so much more pain immediately and quickly quicker than two quad mortars would in the first place. I mean, that's right. And, oh, and, and that's not, I forgot about the, the fire Raptor. I threw the fire. I fit the fire Raptor in and also the five attack bikes with multi melt is in. Yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah, I, I, I like that list. I mean, that's, that's classic alpha legion list. Like there's not a lot that I would change, especially, you know, taking it. you like, you have so many units that can take advantage of Dynat special rule, you know, being in the enemy deployment zone, taking care of stuff. I mean, that's just right. you're kind of dunking points with the with the quad mortars and, you know, having an Atrapos whose only purpose is to hang back or, or I'm sorry, not an Atrapos, a, a, a knight hanging back to take care of and protect your quad mortars. And, you know, it just it didn't make sense. Like, I, I like your list a lot. It's, it's a quick, fast moving list. And that's really how I envision Alpha Legion should be played in the first place. So. That's like kind of how I, like I looked at it. So, so this, so he's got the fire raptor for anti air. The attack bikes, like you said, can get in the enemy deployment zone hopefully quickly and get, take advantage of that rule. And also seem like a cool, you know, fast moving alpha legion unit. The pod being able to come in turn one is going to immediately take advantage of Dynat's rules. And then those terminators, no scatter deep striking off that. Even with even though they only have plasma, they're still essentially going to be AP one plasma against vehicles with the with Dynat's rules. Um, it, I, like you said, I just feel like it's a much better list. It has a much better theme and it's going to be way more competitive than what he has. I, I just, I like it a lot better. I hope that he switches to this. I think he'll be a lot happier with it. Plus imagine how cool this would look all painted up alpha legion. Look at the variety of units in this list. How cool would this be on a display board? It'd be badass, especially with that fire raptor, that <laughs> alpha legion painted fire raptor hanging above everybody. Then you got these two Demos yep. Rhinos with multi-melta, pencil multi-meltas on them. Yeah, it'd be dope, dude. Yeah. I like it a lot. I, I think you And then I never, I never see Plasma Blaster, so that's another one. <laughs> so. Yeah. So I dig it, man. Tristan, once again, everybody listening, Tristan IM on Instagram if you want to see his models. Uh, so... This cat, Michael's watching me literally wrestle with my cat. He, he literally won't leave me alone. I put him down about ten times. It's See, ridiculous. That's what, 
That's why you got to get a nice mixer for your cat to sleep on. <laughs> get you, Look, a, get you a sound mixer so your cat can sleep on it, and he won't be all over you. <laughs> slobbering, slobbering all over me, too, because he's all excited. <laughs> That's adorable. Poor kitty our, kitty. Our patient guys listening to the live stream are probably laughing their ass off at this stupid cat. <laughs> yeah, all the Patreon guys that watch our our live stream are are seeing both of our cats have been assholes this entire episode. <laughs> like, uh, I I can't. I dropped out for a second on sound because my cat's laying on the mixer and her paw just went boop on the fucking one, the main the main slider. She just went nah, nope, shut it down. <laughs> so. Anyway, Tristan, you owe us a bus story. You send that in, we get you Imperial Fist list. Sounds fair enough? I think that's fair. It's right here. So, it's not going nowhere. It's not going nowhere. So the last list we have on the list, guys, is going to be a 2,500-point Death Guard list. And this came from Alistair. Alistair says, Good morning, cunts. <laughs> I've started to prep my wife's army, ready for a ruination event in October, and I want to pass your gaze over it. The event is 2,500 points in narrative-based gaming. She's playing Death Guard and running the Reaping with Matarian. I've also got two Contemptor Dreads and another Apothecary that can be added or swapped, but can also purchase anything else within reason to make the list work. Uh, so it's a Death Guard 2,500-point Reaping list. Uh, so her list has a Praetor with in Terminator armor. It's a Tataris. <sighs> Taking a comedy Why Michael flamer. John? Hang on just a second. I just realized I had the Alistair's fucking confused too. I knew that there was two different Alistair's. Alistair Pooley is the American Alistair. Alistair McGregor is the UK Alistair. Okay. I'm telling you, man. Alistair City. It's so. Fun. I don't know if we had that conversation on uh, on here or if we had it in the live chat. I, I can't remember, but either way. Yeah. Two Alistair's. Like, I've never heard of the name Alistair in my life in... Uh, both of them kind of came into my life at the same time. It's pretty Only cool. on TV shows. Only on TV shows. Yeah. So anyway, he's taking Tatar's Terminator Praetor uh, with a combi flamer with chem munitions and a Paracon blade with digital lasers, iron halo, and rad grenades. And then he's taking a Siege Breaker and Terminator armor with Phosphex bombs, Terminator armor, Tataras, combi weapon flamer with chem munitions, Power Fist, and Rad grenades. So I'm thinking somewhere in this list there's going to be some quad mortars. Uh, then he took it's a... It's Death Guard te- and it's the Reaping. He can get away with it. It fits. Fine <laughs> with it. This is okay. Makes sense. So then he took a 10-man tactical squad with a tactical squad that has artificer armor, combi flamer with chem, chem munitions, melted bombs, rad grenades, and then nine tactical marines. One has a nuncio box. He took that two times. Then he took a 10-man tactical support marine squad, and the support sergeant has artificer armor, melted bombs, rad grenades. All the tactical marines have flamers with chem munitions, and they also took a chain swords upgrade. And I'm sorry, all three of these units are mounted up in a rhino, no upgrades. Uh, then he took a five heavy support marine squad with heavy support sergeant, artificer armor, augury scanner, melted bombs, and rad grenades. Four of the heavy support marines have missile launchers. They're mounted in a rhino. I guess they all have missile launchers. And then he yeah. took a two two quad launcher rapier battery with uh, shatter shells, phosphex canister shot. Then he took four death shroud terminators in 
Tartaros Terminator with uh, rad grenades. Then he took an apothecary with an artificer armor with an augury scanner. Then he took a Spartan assault tank armored with armored ceramite, flare shield, and a dozer blade, and Matarian the Reaper. Uh, Morty, the Siegebreaker cunt, and the Death Shroud cunts go in the Spartan with a hot tub and strippers. The Apothecary cunt goes in the Missile Launcher cunts. Goes with the Missile Launcher cunts. Let me know what you think and keep up the good work. <laughs> so, I mean, it looks fun already. What'd you change? Okay, so this is what I did. So I kept his Siege Breaker. So I got a Siege Breaker and Terminator armor. He's in Tartaros armor. He's got a Combi, Combi Flamer, Power Fist, and Rad Grenades. So is that the same as what he had? Yep. Uh, I think so. Yep. So that's the same. Then I have, for his second HQ choice, I got seven Death Shroud Terminators with Meltabombs. For his second HQ choice. Because you can take those guys as HQ or Elite, and they're uh, implacable advance either way. So they're going to score. So for troops, I have 10 Tactical Marines. Um, the Sergeant has Artificer Armor, Death Shroud Power Scythe, Rad Grenades. And they're in a Rhino with a Multimelta. And then for the second troop's choice, I have another identical squad. So another 10 Tactical Marines. The Sergeant has Artificer Armor, Death Shroud, Power Scythe, Rad Grenade. It's in a Rhino with Pendle Mountain Multimelta. And then for the third troop's choice, I have a seven-man heavy support squad. Um, all seven of them have missile launchers. The sergeant has Artificer Armor and Augury Scanner. And then I bought them a Rhino with no upgrades. He had a he had every squad in a Rhino. So, I mean, you're not going to start these guys in a Rhino. So I guess he just, like wanted fluff wise like where it would all be mounted so you you know would all be able to keep up so i kind of i don't i don't know if that's what he what he meant to do but i thought that was kind of a cool idea so i went ahead and you know kept the rhino with him um for elites i have a 10-man veteran squad uh seven of them have combi flamers two of them have flamers and then the sergeant has artificer armor death shroud power scythe and rad grenades and they're in a Rhino with Pendle Mount and Multimelta. Um, then I have his... Uh, I have a single uh, quad launcher rapier with uh, Phosphex canister shot. And then I have another single rapier. So basically I kept his two rapiers, but I split them into squads instead of keeping one squad because he has the elite slots to do that. So why not split them and make them separate units where they can shoot at different things and also be harder to kill. Um, for heavy support, I took a Spartan with armored ceramite, flare shield, dozer blade. And then for Lord of War, I took Mortarian. So if you look, I've fit, I have the death shrouds up to seven. So I basically increased the size of them. So, and then Mortarian goes with them and they still go in the Spartan. So that's going to be a little harder hitting unit and the siege breaker goes in there as well. The tactical squads, I essentially just made them more Death Guard by putting, you know, the Death Shroud Power Scythe on there, on the guys. Plus, I just think it's a killer weapon. I mean, it strikes an initiative 3 AP2. It's fucking brutal. It's one of the better close combat weapons in the game. And then I put multi-meltas on um, all of his rhinos to make them, or on two of his rhinos to make them more useful. And then... Uh, 
instead of running three normal tactical squads and then the heavy support squad, I switched one of those tactical squads over to a, the veteran squad with all the flamers because I felt like that was, you know, it's way more Death Guard because you're getting all the fucking Kim munitions on all those. I mean, imagine that jumping out and shooting somebody with 10 sniper flamer templates with shred. Devastating. <laughs> so instead of just running another tactical squad, I just changed one over to veteran squad that hits a lot harder. And then, um, then, like I said, I split the quad mortars in the two separate units and then everything else is pretty much the same. So to me, this feels like it's pretty much feels like the same list he had. It's just, I've just kind of, I guess in my mind, cleaned it up a little bit and, uh, you know, may I feel like it's a it's a slight improvement by splitting the quad mortars up, and then, I, like I said, I made I made the missile launcher unit larger. I put multi melters on the rhinos. I made the um the terminator squad bigger with mortarian, and was able to upgrade one of those tactical squads uh, to a veteran squad with flamers. Some of the stuff that he did that was kind of weird, and I I don't think people really think about this. It's like if you look his his Praetor, I took, I got rid of the Praetor, which is what saved him a ton of points to put a lot of this other stuff in. Because you don't need the Praetor for the right of war because you already have Mortarian. And it's one of those things you already have all these Death Shroud plus Mortarian plus a Siege Breaker. Do you really need to put a fucking Praetor in there too? Like, what are we trying to do here? Slay. I don't know, man. <laughs> you already got, you know what you I mean? You got a Primark so, handling business, so. So he had four death shrouds, so I, I put the death shrouds up at seven. So he's getting three more terminators, and then that's going to more than make up for the attacks that you're losing on the Praetor. Um, plus you're going from three wounds on the Praetor to six wounds on the two-wound terminators. So I feel like you're getting more for your points there, plus it frees up even more points to change other things around. So that was kind of my thought on that. Also, in his original list, he had a Praetor with rad grenades, a Siege Breaker with rad grenades, and a fucking Death Shroud with rad grenades with Mortarian. Like, you have three dudes with rad grenades all in the same unit in the transport. Only one of those trigger. Yeah. Like, you only need one guy with rad grenades. Save the points. Yeah. So... So anyway, that was just a couple things. So really the major change I, I did was I got rid of that Praetor and then with all those points, uh, just enhanced the rest of the list. That's smart. I mean, it's a smart way to go. It's it, You can only overkill so much. And how, how fast do you expect something with rag grenades to just die? So like it's like well, one of those and, things. And, like, and as I explained, the, the Praetor, you're trading a Praetor in that unit for three death shroud so you're getting six wounds instead of three and then the death shroud are two attacks base per guy plus one a piece on the charge per guy so that's nine scythe attacks as opposed to the six paragon blade attacks and then they have the sweep strike where if they have more than one model in base to base they get extra attacks on top of that plus i gave all the death shroud melt bombs so you're gonna have seven melt bombs attack as opposed to the one from the the Praetor, which he didn't even put Meltabombs on. So I made it good against it, vehicles on top of... Yeah. 
so it's just a better it's a better move it's optimized yeah and it still sticks with the same theme i like it man i like it a lot i mean that's a really good way of dealing with it like good on you i i have nothing i'd change yeah it's one of those like I almost feel like he threw in the Praetor because he's like I want to run this right of war so I need something to unlock it and he put the Praetor in and then later on added Mortarian and then never went back and thought well I could get rid of this fucking Praetor because I can unlock the right of war with Mortarian and then use those you know what I mean I don't know maybe he didn't yeah. but I've done that I've done I, that I before like it's like you you're so used to throwing a fucking Praetor in every list that you you yeah. end up with one in your prime with your primarch in there and then you like then I look at it and I'm like oh well, I could get I don't need this guy cuz I already have like my primarch can unlock my right of war my primarch's a beat stick and he can unlock my right of war I'll just use my siege breaker as my compulsory yeah makes sense yeah yeah that's basically what I did I dig it I like it a lot man sounds good sounds good a bit a lot of people are reconsidering their prey tours now. So. Anyway, that's it for list, guys. That's all we got in the, in the list realm. Uh, last thing, some event shout-outs we need to go over. So, first things first, the Nova Open. Uh, we'll go ahead and go over that so the nova open is actually quite a few events do you have the dates ryan i have their main page for nova up. i can go to schedule yeah i got the flyer so, from the yeah, Depticon. this flyer. came from a, you know that place that you couldn't go remember that there was <laughs> like a up. little event there's a small a small wargaming event that may or may not have happened that you may or may not have supposed to have been to that you didn't get to go to that was kind of a big deal and, and this flyer came from there but anyway wow so my heart yes. hurts <laughs> it's august 31st through september 3rd of, of this year uh it's in uh washington dc it's at the hyatt regency crystal city um it's a five minute walk from dc metro stop for easy sightseeing uh the adepticon heresy team will be back at nova this year to run four days of narrative horse heresy events our registration are way up from last year, but we still have plenty of spots available for all Heresy events. Uh, this will be much bigger and better than last year, and last year was pretty awesome. If you missed out on something at Adepticon, this is your chance to get all the events you want. You see that? If you missed out on something <laughs> at Adepticon, that's your chance. So, in, anyway, um, you can just Google, Google Nova Open, and you'll immediately find their page. It's the first fucking thing that pops up. That's what I did. They have this big web address that you could punch in, but I don't ever do that shit because I'm a internet caveman. So I just type in Nova Open, boom, Google. <laughs> Google takes it. It's wonderful. So it looks like they're running quite a few events. It looks like they got the Escalation campaign. They have the Big Blam, which is a mega battle. They have a Knight Spearhead where you can bring your own group of knights and use the provided staff to participate in the scenario. They have the open, opening salvo campaign, which is like casual gaming with different points levels. Uh, you don't have to play in every game to participate. And then they have a team campaign. So they have a whole bunch of different things that you can uh, you can sign up for. If you actually go to the Nova Open website, nova doc, nova, novaopen.com forward slash Warhammer hyphen 30,000. 
it will be there. You can get all the primers for all of those events. Michael, so that's a no open, guys. Nine times. He's. Uh, I'm very boring, apparently. <laughs> I woke up at four this morning, so it's been a busy day. <laughs> I'm about 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 ready. So, next event on the list is Texacon. And this is actually going to be July 7th through the 9th, 2017, at the Hearst Conference Center uh, in Hearst, Texas. Uh, It's got a horse heresy narrative track. It's going to be the Battle of Infinite Abyss, presented by the Lone Star Legion. He who fights with monsters should look at that, uh, that he himself does not become a monster. And if you gaze long into the abyss, the abyss also gazes into you. That's Nietzsche. Uh... The horror of Civil War grips the galaxy. The brutal truth of the events at Istvan have been revealed and the battle lines drawn between brothers. In such a galaxy-spanning war, there were no shortage of super weapons, but perhaps none the more potential for destruction than the super battleship the Furious Abyss. Unleashed by Lorgar upon the Ultramarines at the onset of the heresy, disaster was narrowly averted by the vessel's destruction in the skies of Macridge. But was the threat truly eliminated... Word now comes that Lorgar hedged the bets and constructed the Furious Abyss sister ship is almost complete. But where, when, to what ends? A ragtag group of loyalist Astartes set out to discover the truth with the full might of the traitor legions arrayed against them. As they grow closer to their goal, the stakes and the forces involved on both sides escalate to a final crescendo. But can they make a difference in time? Or will another device of ultimate destruction be unleashed upon the galaxy? Of course, over the course of three days, you'll decide the outcome. Each day's narrative track events are standalone activities, which will combine to dictate a final resolution. So uh, this is an event that goes on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, Friday, 6 to 10, looks like it's going to be a GM-moderated 30K-based activity with 16 players. And then there'll be 30K open gaming later on in the evening. Uh, Saturday, 9 to 7, looks like that's where the battles for the Abyss happens. It's a three-round horse heresy narrative battle. And then Sunday is the Ultimate Abyss 30K Mega Battle. 16 players, background one prime, GM-moderated 30K squad-based activity amidst the carnage of the Mega Battle. So it looks like it's going to be a fun event, guys. It's going to be Hearst, Texas, July 7th through the 9th. Uh, give it a shot. The Lone Star Legion guys are pretty badass, man. Uh, I know a bunch of them are on our Patreon, and uh, each one of them is cool as fuck. So, love those guys. Shout out to John, Lucas, and all those guys. The two Johns, actually. So, got a I got a trivia question for you. Good. So, the Battle for the Abyss book is about them killing. You know, the big the tri- kingship that tri- the Warbirds built? No, it's not that okay. one. That's one of the other ones. That's the trivia question is, what's the other two ships? Because ta- the Furious Abyss was the one that was destroyed. What's the name of the other two ships that Lorgar uh, sent to Cal? I don't know. That or seems like Cal- a question oh. that would... That seems like a question that would win me a, a Mortarian or something. What is it? What's the name? It's the Blessed Lady and the Trisagion. Okay. I knew the Trisagion, but I, I didn't remember the Blessed Lady. Yeah. Was that 
that that was the question from 2016 2015 adeptic no 2016 adepticon wasn't it that's the one you answered for no the one i answered was about the uh what's it fucking about i thought it was about perpetuals or some shit name perpetuals no 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 it was oh no barth answered that question all of the the three names of the ships that's right I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember what I answered, but I answered something. Okay. But yeah, I, I feel like that was the exact same question. Anyway. So, should be a cool event, guys. Should be fun. Uh, give them a chance. And uh, have a blasty. Have a good time. I know they're going to have all the good terrain. All that good, good terrain. So, next event on the list is going to be TNT Dynamite. So the TNT the Grand Baby Tournament. <laughs> Kitty Baby Bjorn. <laughs> That's the one way to keep your cat <laughs> keep your cat from moving. Zip it up in your jacket. <laughs> so the TNT Grand Tournament. Uh, let me go ahead and it's going to be Saturday Music Her- City Heresy. Music City Heresy. Uh, let me get the exact dates. I had the website pulled up. So this is going to be May 19th, 20th, and the 21st. Uh, let me see exactly where it is. I had the website pulled up. And my auto... Uh, my auto, like, suspender. They call it the Great Suspender plugin I use. Okay. So it looks like they got hotel rooms ready at the best western in in sunset in what town is this in it didn't just say i know it's in tennessee oh so it's right out of nashville tennessee so this is going to be may 19th 20th and 21st nashville tennessee uh looks like it's going to be at tnt gaming uh as far as the 30k track goes the two guys hosting it looks like it's gonna be our buddy david sampson and joe kirkus will be hosting the event 28 dollars gets you access to three days of 30k action uh hosted by music city heresy which is joe and david will be running the narrative track uh friday and sunday are open gaming or you can open game saturday if you don't want to play the narrative track it's a 2500 points three round event and uh, they are still hammering out all the details how they're going to run the event. So uh, I really, I mean, it, I would go to any event David ran. So he's got the well, full Scott, support. Scott's going. I want to go, but here's the thing. I'm getting back from Iceland. The weekend after I get back from Iceland, I'm running my event. And this fucking thing's the weekend after that. So, so I don't know, like... I really want to go, but that's that's a lot. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna be yeah. fucking exhausted, hammered. So, but I might, yeah. I might go anyway. So I'm not, I'm not gonna pull the trigger. I'll wait and see. Like if if all the spots sell out, they all sell out. So good for them. But if there's still spots left when I get back from Iceland and and whatever in that last two weeks running up, I'll see how I feel. And if I feel all right, I'll probably go. Let me see what kind of drive that is for me. For me, First it's Tennessee not bad. Or, I think it's about oh, a, I think it's about a five-hour drive. Nashville, Tennessee. I think I think it's like ten hours for me, which wouldn't be too terrible. 
But I think, oh, wait, no. That, I think that falls right on Alamo GT, to be honest with you. Yeah, that fall, I, th I think that falls right on Alamo GT. It's a 13-hour drive for me. I'd do it. I did a six-hour drive to Dallas at one time for an event. That wouldn't be too bad, as long as I had a, somebody to go with. We'll see what's up. We'll talk a little bit more about it. I'll be seeing Joe Rogan that week before, so we'll see. That'll be cool. But for all you listeners out there, if you're in the Tennessee area or if you're within driving distance, I'd go check it out. David's gonna run a good a good game. You got Joe and David, both of them are badass dudes. So they'll they'll do great. Music City Heresy boys are not fucking around. So anyway. Last event to shout out is the invasion of Carolina. And so this is gonna be Carolina Heresy narrative event. Uh Coralina is a war world, a world of great importance to the Imperium. Traitor forces seek to bring under the influence of the Horus. The initial assault was led by elements of the 3rd, 4th, and Berserkers of the 12th Legion. They were able to acquire key points of the surface to allow the main invasion force to land. The remaining loyalists on the planet have fortified their positions and preparing for an onslaught of the traitor forces. Signals are sent before the initial traitor landing, giving the defenders forces on the planet hope that someone out there is coming to help. Will they be able to hold off against the invasion, or will someone aid them in the coming of the storm? Uh, so this is going to be August 19th, guys. This is going to be a cruise road wreck. That's 1201 Cruise Road, Matthews, North Carolina. Uh, it's the latest event in the campaign for Coralina. This is a Loyalist versus traitor event, and the scenarios will affect our ongoing campaign on the planet. All participants will require a 2,500-point Horus Heresy Army list and a 1,000-point Zomortalis list. The list must be from the same faction. For example, if you're 2,500 Okay, you get it, guys. Uh, if you're a person that loves Heresy and does not have any army yet, please come and play in our Game Master scenario. This is an action-packed mission by the Overseer, giving you instructions and objectives as the games go on. All models for the scenario will be provided. All details for the mission will be given on the day. There will be four spots for this, so get in touch with Joseph Healy if you're interested in playing the scenario. Admission to the event's $20. includes lunch, beverages, lunch, beverages, and snacks, as well as, as goes for prizes. We do not make a profit off the event. We hope everyone can make it out to roll some dice to decide the date of the fate of Coralina. So that's what's up, guys. I dig it. So uh, if you want more information about this, uh, you can definitely go to uh, Facebook events and go to the Carolina Heresy Facebook group. If you're in Carolina or in that area on August 19th, definitely go check these guys out. Uh, looks like they have an, a campaign going that they are building this off of. So looks like it's going to be a good time. So Solid. Do you want to plug your event, Ryan, or are you pretty much full up? Oh, let's see what we got here. I think we still, I mean, we still got a few spots open, I think. I can take up to 40. Once we get past 40, anybody that shows up after that is just going to have to hang out in the front room with me and play fucking board games and listen to me talk shit while the other 40 people <laughs> play because I have room for 40. So hang on, let me go. It's not as bad as it sounds. I guys. know this it's is actually pretty fun. 
this is uh, super exciting podcasting right here. Why I try to navigate a smartphone. Okay, here we go. So right now it says 29 are going, 25 are interested. And like I said, I could possibly take 40 people that can actually play. So there's still 11 spots. So it's the Brothers in Blood event, Circle City Heresy. So it's here in uh, Martinsville, which is like 30 minutes south of Indianapolis. So if you look on a, if you do a drive to Indianapolis, it'll give you an idea of how far it is. Um, I got it up on my Facebook page, and there's a video explaining the overall details of the event on there. Um, I can also email you a rules packet if you want one. And then, like I said, my um, last video I'm about to film uh, Monday, and then I'll have all the mission videos up as well. So I think Jake from Covenant of Fire is coming. Um, a lot of the new guys that we met from, from Fort Wayne are coming down. There's going to be a lot of the uh, Michigan guys coming down, and then all my local guys will be here. So the plan is to play the event all day, and it'll wrap up about 6 or 7. And then after that, it's just going to be open gaming, and you can hang out. And I think a few of the guys are just going to spend the night, so we'll probably stay up till 3, 4 in the morning, fucking drinking, eating pizza, partying, playing games, and then everybody will just fucking pass out and then file out Sunday whenever they want to leave. That's kind of the plan. Pillow talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Samson's coming. I think Samson and Joe are coming up for that. Um, so, yeah, there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of cool dudes here playing. should be a pretty cool event. I dig it, man. Very cool. Wish I could go. I wish, like, if I was a millionaire, man, I'd hit up all these events all the time. I'd be yep. at every one. Perfect. So many now. Army. It used to be like, I'd listen to the Eye of Horus and they'd be like, oh, we got an event here and an event here and an event here. And I'm thinking, fuck, they have a lot of events. Like, I only, like, the only ones I get to go to are like, I run like two local ones and then, like, there's Adepticon. And then if I want to go all the way to DC, I can play in Nova. So it's like, you know, that's really it. It. And now this year, it's like event after event Bam. after event after event. It's pre- it's pretty cool. It's badass. Pretty cool. It's badass what it is. The fucking community is awesome. I love it. Don't ruin it, Eighth. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, you know what would be a good idea? Let's throw all this away and start it over. He's so awesome. Explain. <laughs> it's called sarcasm, folks. <laughs> well all right guys that's gonna be it for this episode uh did want to go ahead and give y'all let y'all know if y'all want to catch up or shoot us a message you can find us on facebook at radio freest van just type that in on the little search bar on facebook you'll find us uh we are on there um also you can give us a phone call at 209 rfi 30k zero leave us a voicemail we'll be glad to uh glad to play it online uh, definitely shoot us an email if you have an army list or you have any questions. It's going to be Michael at Warhammer30k.com and Ryan at Warhammer30k.com. And if you really like our podcast and you want some perks of being a uh, a subscription listener, we do have a Patreon page. Uh, we do have some awesome Patreon supporters that do take care of the podcast, and they get some special perks like... Uh, uh, they're watching this right now. 
they're watching this right now. Yeah, we live stream. So they, they get the uh, they, get, they get the episode early. They get extra content. They have their own little chat group. We have a hidden top secret ooh. Facebook page to have access to to post shit. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a small little community inside of our listener base. And if you if you any of that sounds interesting to you, uh, if you want to be in a chat with us, if you want to chat while the show's going, and I mean, definitely consider uh, supporting us on Patreon. We we definitely would appreciate it, guys. And all you that are currently supporting us on Patreon, thank you guys. Thank you for uh, for helping us out. Uh, it helps. It definitely helps with the wheel of grindage and, and things like that. So we appreciate. I just you sent guys. out a bunch but of cookies. You, think, yeah. you can. Oh yeah, the cookies went out a mass. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, the whole I world. I posted that picture. My entire family, even my sister and everybody, uh, is like that photo of me making cookies in the kitchen. And everybody thought that I made my wife do all the work, and I just like was the glory vulture and just like posed <laughs> for that one picture, and that was all that I had to do with making those cookies. But I actually legit helped. Which ones were you working on? Were those chocolate chips? Those were the no bakes that that picture's from. I helped make the no bakes and the chocolate chips, the snickerdoodles. Um, I didn't really help because we needed to let our dog out, which is a much uh, more uh, harrowing task to watch that insane <laughs> demonic possessed hound that we have than it is making cookies. So I actually did my wife a favor. So while she got to make cookies, I had to watch that little asshole. So that's kind of how that happened. So I didn't. I didn't have time to make the last the cookies because she was doing that while I was playing with the dog okay it's fair enough so <laughs> well that works out that's all I got for this episode guys uh, we will catch you next week y'all have a good one later
But someday, baby, you ain't worry my life anymore. Thank you. 